Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Yosha, 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 na. <laughs> Duncan. I got nothing. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Andy, Andy said hello for all of us, but nevertheless, I'm going to introduce John. Hello. <laughs> well... You can hear from the sounds of celebration that's the end of the anime season. Uh, winter turns to spring, spring to summer, summer to fall, and back to winter again. And we're saying farewell to our favorite animated friends like Toma and uh, Hungry Baby Nun and Girl with one Only One Pant Leg on Her Pants and the Queen of England. Duncan, Duncan... I tried to finish Index, but I, I just couldn't marathon did you all. Just, did you all... Just, sorry, did you just say that a gutter belt is a person with one pad leg, but without no. the other? No, she's no, she literally wears full jeans, but one of them is cut off like booty shorts, and one of them is a full length jean. Duncan, uh, back yeah. up here. And, and she's a Japanese sword saint because that, that's in that's in. <laughs> she's a living saint, guys. A Christian this Japanese saint. Don't don't. This worry. is exactly what we promised that we wouldn't do about Index. Um... So to the sh- to the chagrin of everyone else in this podcast besides me and Duncan, Duncan and I both have continued to soldier through uh, a certain magical index three, uh, <laughs> Very bravely, mostly out of I may add. mostly out of morbid curiosity because this is one of the most like extreme blowouts of a high budget anime that I've yeah. ever seen in my time. Like this is JC staff throwing a lot of money at it, but trying to trying to adapt. I think fourteen novels. Honestly, confused where the money goes, but. Uh, I mean, they so f- number one, Accelerator's uh, Magic Drill Tornado Wings uh, looked a lot better the second time they came up, or the third. I lost count. Yeah. But anyway, just like, so this is supposed to be like the turning point of the Index franchise, because we had the two first seasons, the first two seasons, there we go, <laughs> and, then, and then the movie, uh, and then we had the Railgun spinoff, and the second season of Railgun. And now this is supposed to be kind of a crossroads because we're getting the accelerator who the former bad guy who's trying to be a villain, who's also a hero, which he gave a long, extremely confusing rant about. And then Thomas said, you're wrong. I love to protect people and punch him in the face. And that like changed his mind because this is index. Um, he's getting a spinoff, which I hope is a prequel. Well, I mean, it's gotta be a sequel. Hasn't it? Uh, I've, out of curiosity, so, I read the the first couple of chapters of the Accelerator manga. It's, I think, either it's it's unclear from the um, timeline where it takes place from those chapters. It could technically take place after all this shit, but it could take place sort of like just before it as well. It's, it's so were you so were you pumped when you read those chapters because you were reasonably excited about this well, and I am super negative Nancy about it. So it's like I I like um uh, Last Order, the um the Chibi uh, Misaka who yeah. j- j- just it's like plays the straight man to uh uh sort of uh, accelerators grumpy git who I'm a bad guy. Yeah. And 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 she's just like yeah, and the, I, no, that, that's all. That's all. But that—that's nothing. You—you—you you, you just want friendship, and you—you you want to eat nice things and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's if if he actually sort of sat down and got down to what he actually wants, she's probably pretty on. Um, but it's like she's she's 
completely without pretense and he's all pretense yeah um, he's all he's all an act although it is weird how repeatedly in this show they've like because he got brain damage from losing oxygen for a while and that's why he's like reliant on her um but repeatedly in the show they've like taken away his like remote control thing that lets him his brain function and then he's just lying on the ground where they make fun of him for not being able to walk it feels really awkward <laughs> Wait, and bad what they take away <laughs> his brain what yeah well he's like he, he like needs to like the help of like the all the cloned misakas of whom like the focal point is the chibi misaka named last order um to like do calculations to be able to like operate his body because he's using he's like crippled horribly <laughs> Right. Uh, and so, like, he uses the calculations of this external data network to, like, operate his body. And, like, twice so far, they've, like, jammed it. And then he's been, like, on the ground. They've been, like, you can't walk now, can you? You're just a weak, useless person. And it's, like, wow, they're making you fun of a disabled crippled. person. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. I just – there's so much I could just riff on with this with this dumb anime. But you still are – it hasn't sapped your excitement for Accelerator. Oh, I'd say it's, like, you and I both – think like the best part of the franchise is index not index uh, no index is the worst say. part sorry uh the best part is railgun um railgun and specifically the side characters in railgun Uehara yeah. and satin who are great but and like i hold some hope that a side story can bring back some of the i mean we're getting railgun season three as well but that's another matter also slightly more chuffed about that but still not feeling great uh, and like I just feel like as as we've covered before, like when they keep it small scale and it's actually about um not these incredibly escalating global stakes but just a one on one fight, then they have some good things t- they can do because uh when it's not about multiple angels who are trying to usurp God's power yeah. and become like greater than God, which is the plot of season three of index like. Is there any like theological angle you can like? You no, actually no. Have... This is this is this is complete cod cod Catholicism. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Almost all of their stuff, the like the four elements stuff and the like aqua of the rear and <laughs> shit, uh, <laughs> and flama of the front and and vento of the of the right. No, that's all. It's all complete nonsense. And they beat up the Pope in this one. I forgot that. <laughs> also, like bad looks. There's a, a magical Brexit fortress that flies around um, called oh, so Glastonbury. That's actually real. I think that's actually a real thing. I thought that was just sort of like made up. No, I was, well, you thought it was. That's the thing with Index. Is I sound like I'm joking, but no, there's this like huge Borg cube. And they're like, yes, this is a mobile piece of Britain, and it projects the power of the United Kingdom wherever it goes. And I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like underlying racism. So- <laughs> what has broken you between the last time we talked about it and now, Ben? Because you, you, you were like soldiering on. You're like, this is terrible. I'll make it through, though. As now, you're you're still a good few episodes from the end, and I I see the the deadness of your eyes. And, and yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll loop around because like what I was going to say is with these two spinoffs, and then also apparently the uh, creator of the light novels has been implying on social media that if the Blu-ray sales, which are not great for what a supposedly blue chip property this is this is supposed to be, but are still like respectable. Like if they sell enough Blu-rays, then they'll get New Testament, which is supposed to be where like Index gets really good, which I don't know. Like why didn't you adapt that stuff first and then go back JoJo style if you really just had to do it? But... So wait, there's like 14 volumes of a story that's not good and then... And then they reboot it into uh, into New Testament, which is supposed to be like a lot more political and gritty and less like... 
I have a power. I have a bigger power. Well, my power is friendship and caring and yelling at you about being good. A, a quick question on that. Is is it a hard reboot or is it an it with no, it it's in just, it's universe just, reboot? It's just that's the like the all the plot lines, World War Three, the World War Three arc ends all the major plot lines, and then they kind of start over with um uh cover your ears, Duncan, real quick. I don't mm. I'm not kidding. Nah, in the index is plot is not worth Okay, Toma dies at the end of uh, will will die at the end of this of this show, and then it's like mm. he's not around anymore and what happens, but he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Um so just like I just I want to know with with this terrible show that is not good at adapting what is already kind of suspect source material to me, and yet there's like a massive, there's a fairly like large contingent online of people who are like, no, they're just adapting it wrong, and it would be better if everyone just didn't have weird sword powers. That's like the thing that boils down to is everyone's power is they can make a light sword, <laughs> and then they and then they hit each other with it, um, or you or tornado wings, but just like. It feels like anime is not failure proof in the way that like prestige TV in America has become failure proof. Um, but index, if anything approaches it, index seems to be approaching it. We're like, even the fans are like, yeah, this isn't great, but like, I hope we get another season. And <laughs> I mean, let's say the HBO truly, truly fuck up uh, Game of Thrones this this season, coming season, like completely face plan to that. It's it's an absolute farce, and people can't believe it. Do you reckon people will still just defend it to the hilt? No, I'm, I mean, so it's not in, in, in even insofar as like fan reaction, but I'm thinking of like Westworld, where the overwhelming response to the finale of the first season was negative, and okay. a lot of and like a lot of critics and fans said that like they weren't interested in the second season, and they made one, and it ah, got okay. dragged all the way through, and they're making a fourth, a third season, like they're like it's just like as long as like you don't make TV shows to make money in in like the premium cable thing now like tv shows just go on because they're these unstoppable juggernauts and we keep giving like uh the game of thrones showrunner stuff they had that confederate show which people made fun of and they finally dumped so i don't know like shows seem to like have their own financial momentum that doesn't really correlate with fan reaction or critical reaction and if index gets another season or like gets the New Testament reboot, it's going to be baffling to me because no one liked this show. And it's mm. only really this like grim utilitarianism of like, well, we have to adapt these intervening volumes to get to the good stuff. And then we can have the good show. And then people are like, they're not going to give them enough seasons to, to adapt it properly. It's going to be another like complete salami fest. There's one episode. This is close to, to get back to your point, Duncan, like there are two things that broke me. And the first was when they went to Russia, the, uh, the Ezelina Independent Nation Alliance, what the fuck ever, where they just had to go to Russia. And of course, it's like fucking Siberia. It's not actual Russia. Uh, and like they introduced just like four new characters who I'd never seen before, including another underage girl who like really wants to get on Thomas Dick um, <laughs> and talks about how like, I want you to join my side if I show like I'm not wearing any spats under this skirt. It's just underwear. Flip up my skirt and then join my side. She literally says that. Uh, Duncan, I mean, verify. <laughs> yep, that's the thing. <laughs> and, and trying to and forget so just, it, and just like just like dumping all these characters, and like no one explains. Like they literally ex- introduce this girl to MacGuffin. She literally gets teleported out of the air, and then she's kidnapped in like the space of two minutes. 
Um, and she's supposedly one of the most powerful wizards in the world. It's just like, why didn't we meet her before now? Why is there no like logical progression? So just like continue to just have the author being like, you like fucking characters? Here's a lot of fucking characters. <laughs> They're all super powerful. I promise you, even though you never get to see their, their, uh, their, uh, powers. And even like when they try to kill off characters, they like the one girl got incinerated by a jet engine and she's still not dead somehow. Mm. So I, I think, I think my my maybe my take on this whole series of index is that people have become too um cautious of the idea of a anime original ending when sometimes it's what you should actually do you you've only got twenty four episodes to tie up index well you don't try and put x number of volumes in it which won't actually fit you figure out what the core beats are of the story what is being tried to say what you want to end on and then you cut the rest you don't yeah you cut you cut the south american wizard plot which is weird and kind of offensive uh and to my second thing that that sapped my will you cut the hamazura plot because it makes no sense he's just another toma yeah um except he doesn't have, like, the magic anti-magic arm. But, like, there's a point where they're like, we have to kill Hamazura because he was supposed to die and he didn't die. And Alistair Crowley, the bad guy who's trying to become god or super god, double double ultra, ultra plus <laughs> mega god, uh, like, he can't handle random elements except for Toma and Accelerator. I'm like, oh, you mean the people that have fucked up all the plans like, to this that, point forward? That's, that's almost an interesting, like, someone who's who's spent years creating this perfect system and and learning how to control everything. Like, and is incredibly sort of like anxious about any slight deviation. There's actually like a, a nucleus of a good idea there, but they completely. <laughs> Well, because to tell the, any story like that, the thing is, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Because if they tried, if they stopped trying to kill him, he would stop wrecking shit, and therefore he would not be like a wild card in the system. But like, they keep trying to kill him, and they he keeps like fighting people off, and they're like, "Oh man, we can't kill him, therefore we have to kill him." Is is <laughs> is such anime bullshit? Oh my god! So yeah, I don't know. Like it's. I'm I'm getting extremely concerned that these last six episodes I have to go are going to like retroactively infect my my affection for the first season of Railgun and for just brief parts of like this first and second season of Index, which was not good because Index herself is a shitty whiny baby and Toma is like might as well be wearing a trilby uh, <laughs> with how all of his like nice guy speeches about respecting people and trying to do good and just doing what has to be done and milady. And so on and so forth. Oh, I just, it sounds yeah. like, but the thing is, though, is that it's negatively impacting. It's going to negatively impact your previous opinions on uh, on Railgun anyway, because people who want to watch the show, you'll be like, "Is it good?" And you'll be like, "Well, the first two seasons are," and then they'll either not watch it or they'll just like nobody just watches one season and then yeah, like, I mean right, that's that's it. That's how I got stuff. on the. On the index water slide, the skip list for the index franchise is watch season one of uh, uh, um, Railgun. Skip watch everything a couple else. episodes of Index to to know who Misaka is and to get the jokes about why the Toma keeps showing up, and then just watch season one and maybe season two because Satin fights a mech with a baseball bat, which I posted which that gif good. of. It's just good. Um, 
And like, if you're into her practical joke of flipping her friend's skirts and then yelling out what color panties she has, which is funny to me, but my friend Katie observed is like a man wrote that, wrote that joke. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of men writing jokes, uh, another show that I finished uh, at the end of the season is the magnificent Kotobuki. Uh, where there was a joke where a girl bailed out of a plane and then complained that people could see her panties from the ground uh, while she was floating out the parachute. Mm. And I was just like, yep, yep, a man wrote this. <laughs> Wear pants, idiot. You're fucking yeah, flying a plane. Yeah, well, I... Uh, I, I, I mean, but then they the couldn't make the it, joke. <laughs> yeah. But, but, so, at the end of the day, my survival strategy, a la Penguin Drum, was this is the best animated air battles in the history of anime full stop what's better sky crawlers i okay it's porco rosso is is pretty good but it's not but the most authentically ones if you're prepared to bring in fantasy and science fiction i think Okay, yeah, it's the best air battles, but not necessarily the best air combat. Will you allow that? Sure, whatever. I mean, just in, just <laughs> I don't in terms even know of what like that means. of like, I, I same John, but I'm allowing a distinction I, without a difference, I, and we can I move think on. I know what he's getting at. It's like, yeah, I understand what he's getting at. Okay, well, would you like to explain <laughs> for the class? He's basically <laughs> saying that for the sort of time period, it's sort of like this is the best Biggles book, but Biggles isn't the best like book about air combat why do you always pick like really weird british stuff <laughs> <laughs> nobody's heard so, of biggles okay my explanation of it would be that that the fir- first one is about actually depicting real aircraft and how actual combat within that an airspace takes place how you maneuver yourself how you deal with the air resistance and how that affects the plane the noise that makes the and the limitations that place it whereas if you're just depicting a a mech battle in the air or a science fiction thing like in last exile all you're concentrating on is the dramatic combat so one is about actual sort of physics and the skill required to circumvent those in clever ways. The other is just about the most dramatic things you can make happen. And I think, yeah, no, I, no, I agree. And it's, it's a sports anime versus the weird, like water sphere soccer ball that they play in final fantasy 10. Uh, excuse you. It's called Blitzball, And that game is great. Fucking who says otherwise. <laughs> or, or it's like, you know, sports. I would play Blitzball the game Kuroko's, on its own. Kuroko's <laughs> basketball, which is just superpowers, which is just a fighting anime in a best basketball field. But, yeah, that's. That, I mean, that's actually why I ended up like the thing I broke up with that made me break up a little bit with Kotobuki is just that they they ended up imposing an escalation where you keep digging up these these rare late war prototypes or not are like even post war at the end a uh, F eighty six saber which is an American aircraft from nineteen yeah. the late nineteen forties shows up and I'm like how'd they get that Was do they couch it as actually taking place in that timeline. Uh, there is a there is a thing where like a portal opened up seventy years ago, um, well, and that's how they and that's how they got between our world and this world, which is incidentally how all why it's a desert because like another portal opened up and drained away all the oceans, which is like 
a cool sci-fi thing that they don't really touch on. That's actually pretty cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> Weird, but because uh, like yeah, portals open up randomly, and so that's how we like get all this like junk that's coming to our like weird desert planet. And, and like one of the guys is like, that's probably why I don't have any oceans because a portal opened up underwater and drained away all our ocean water. That's but really that means weird. that there's another world out there that's just full of water. drowned. Yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah. it's a water. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Noah's flood, y'all. It's all comes that's back awesome. around. Now I want a sequel to Kotobuki where it's like warships. That'd be fucking <laughs> cool. Uh, they have that. It's called Azure Lane. Please stop. I want to die. <laughs> but anyway, so like they, so it's it's very, it's got this very defined thing of where the Yufang, which is what they call the Japanese, like came through during World War II, like looking for more resources um, and like taught them how to make alcohol and curry and to build airplanes. <laughs> and so there's just this weird desert world where people crisscross on zeppelins and people use you know mid-century japanese propeller aircraft and then um oh, they do bombers and they introduce these like transcontinental japanese bombers which were never built and then they have the shiden which is a which is a, a high altitude uh push prop uh interceptor that was designed but never used to intercept a b-29 super fortresses and then there's just a jet fighter and then everyone's got jets <laughs> uh <and laughs> to be fair you said it happened 70 years ago right so they've had time to develop technology well, the, I think the whole thing, and Duncan can speak to this, like, is that they, is that they imply that like the, the technology has been kind of stagnant, where people are just recreating these designs slavishly, and there's no development. And the bad guy is kind of like, I want to get more stuff from the other worlds so we can advance our technology, and like he's the one who's building like the crazy huge bombers and uh, has the jet fighter. And I think that's implied, but it's also like. The natural progression from the designs they have does not lead to the F-86 saver. That's just literally yeah. a real-world craft that they have. But I don't know. I like the air combat. It's great. And it's nice that now the best like mid-century air combat that you can see is not, unfortunately, the OVA, the cockpit, um, which is reasonably good but is unfortunate because it's a three episode ova that's three extremely sympathetic stories about axis pilots um including one about a nazi who's just like a really nice guy and just wants to defend his <laughs> homeland um oh, but and they're good they're like they're good and they're well told but it's just like it's sympathetic to nazis so i'm never going <laughs> to recommend it and also it's never going to get a, a a release because mm. It's sympathetic. Come on. <laughs> I mean, like, you've got the whole uh, The Wind Rises stuff being, like, not entirely unsympathetic to the Japanese uh, uh, yeah. war government and the the design of the Zero itself, uh, which was noted, like, that's probably the, the most iconic um, Japanese plane of that era. And, and they're notably, very coy about not having it in yeah. there or having only extreme variations because uh, old Saab, the. One of the many people that the bad guy revealed he shot down <laughs> during the last episode. Like, everybody who's ever been shot down was, it turns out, was shot down by the it goofy magician. Who had the funniest joke in the show when he, like, he's always does, like, magic tricks, like, when he's celebrating. And he's in a plane, he shoots someone down. He's like, yes! And he, like, le- releases doves out of his sleeves. And then it cuts away to, like, oh, a I, canopy I, full of doves. I, he's like, ah, ah. I thought it was more punny than that. I, di- I didn't think it was doves. I thought it was chickens. So I thought it was, like, oh. a, I thought it was a cockpit. Oh, I maybe I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a full pun, but um, but yeah, he like ends up becoming a dictatorship of an anti-pirate alliance, <laughs> and everyone's like, "This part anti-pirate alliance sounds really good." And like the main character's like, "No, it's just it's just the road to dictatorship." 
like unions are bad. It was there was an anti-union message. Unions are bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're like, oh, it looks, it's stabilizing prices and it's providing protection to outlying things. And like, yeah, it sounds good, but it's just a way for him to get military power. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> maybe they'll nuance that. And like, no, nope. he he like immediately sees his military power and he's like bombing other cities that won't join his alliance. And people are just like, should we oppose him? And yeah. Yeah, he's an expansionist, imperialist asshole, but he stays like a goofy magician until the end. And then in the last <laughs> in the last uh, episode, he like tells everybody that he's the one who shot them down like ten years ago. It's really weird. Yeah, um, it's like the first, tone is <laughs> as you can say. It's like first he, first he tells them I shot down old Seb, and he's like, no, old Seb. Then it's I shot down your brother. No, my brother. Then it's I, then it's, I shot you down. Yeah, he tells he tells the head of the uh, Kotobuki Corps like I shot you down a few years ago. <laughs> Just like what? And I oh. shot you down, and I shot you down, and I shot you down. It, basically, like, yeah, it was yeah. it was the it was the you get a laptop and you get an iPad and you get an iPad. But uh, but what, what did you think? Actually, in the in the end, I I came across like I liked even though the escalation was really poorly managed, and in fact, the show kind of felt too full in a weird way. Like every episode, like so much was going on. And it was always really complicated plans. And then half the show is always just an extended dogfight, um, which means that they basically had like 10 minutes for story because the other 10 minutes is reserved to just have really good air combat. And, and like um, the, the, the jet fighter they brought in, it's and it using rockets was something which was like made for incredibly boring fights. Like, yeah. The, the, Throughout the, the the series, like the fights have been interesting because you've got people maneuvering, changing their position around others. Then then they introduce a jet fighter, and it is okay. It fires its rockets; they explode on proximity. Avoid them. Yeah, and we have now, and, it, and it, it's, a, it's a long sequence yeah. until they finally make it shoot rockets at a statue that falls on the jet fighter. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. That, that's the thing is like speaking of like Kuroko's basketball, like not really being a being a sports anime it's just a shonen like the fact that they finally fell into the shonen pattern of like it's not like the best thing about best scare quotes thing about mid-century air combat is that there's not really a super plane like even the fabled zero um was really easy to out like it had a broad it was very fast but had a broad turning radius and so you could just get inside its turning arc and shoot it down and once people figured that out it was actually fairly easy to to uh outplay the zero mm. or like the p40 which is not it's kind of a it's a heavy kind of slow plane but it could climb and operate at really mm-hmm. high altitudes and so the flying tigers would fly up mm. high and then I mean, dive down yeah. on their enemies to get the speed like it's the idea of like using every plane is going to have these limitations because there's just mechanical limitations to non-turbocharged single engine mm. prop aircraft and so it's all about how creative the pilot is and how good they are at knowing the characteristics of their craft. And that's what started out with these Hayabusa's, yeah. which is what the Kotobuki flew. And they're like kind of a second ran to a zero in terms of like mm-hmm. goodness of design. But they like knew these planes inside and out. And they would always talk about how like, oh, we'll just do this. And like, oh, we have a, yeah. we do like better rolling and we have a good, better turn I th- stuff. I think pointed- and then they introduce all these super planes. Like the Shiden is just fast and and has a great turning radius and has is performs well at altitude so there's just like no weaknesses besides mm. the the pilot being an asshole and like making obvious errors that get him defeated so yeah. i don't know so i'm talking over you duncan no i was gonna say you you pointed out in one of our early talks about this that they they make a a, a point of showing uh the weaknesses of the the Kutabuki's um, planes, like talking about its blind spots and how it mm-hmm. puts them at disadvantages in certain situations. And th- like, as you say, just him coming in in this 
jet which can just break break the rules everyone else has been in playing by it's like okay we've given the the bad guy the best plane and he's also <laughs> the best pilot and but he's going to be defeated because of uh, the conviction of the heroine instead it's just well, her determination he, think, he thinks she shoots her he thinks he shoots her down and then she like by sheer willpower makes her engine not catch fire from the from the bolt holes in it and then she just like flies in front of him and pulls back so that she's like passing perpendicular over him and shoots down into his cockpit um and then he flies into the portal and explodes and i don't know if he's implied (laughs) to have made it to the other world or what happened there but i think the whole show flew into the portal and exploded to be (laughs) frank (laughs) i came out positive because I, i do think this is a good show i just think it didn't need the big plot i as as cool as the ideas about the other world were, I don't think they really went anywhere. And I think that this, the weird libertarian themes of just like, we don't need an alliance. Every city should just take care of itself and people should defend themselves, including the city where the, the head pilots this weird stripper lady with platform heels who ended up being <laughs> hilarious, kind of. Because she kept listing like all the things that they destroyed at the bombing raid and like how they, she's like, we're going to rebuild the cafeteria and the park and the theater and the bus stop it's just yeah. i mean she just like, said like three times it was really the, the the whole i don't i don't know if this is just like the british view of the of westerns but like westerns are very a very libertarian genre they're all about like yeah. uh towns and being self-sufficient and and justice having to be something which is almost self-imposed by people when the the system can't be there to do it and i think like as a air western it's not unusual to see it taking that tack but it it is definitely a viewpoint it holds not just a uh an accident well to reference the uh, something we talked about briefly before the podcast started recording and this will be like the last thing we move on is like the interesting thing about sci-fi westerns or like kind of weird isekai western ish things um is that is that there's always like a good reason why we don't just use technology to build to build a perfect integrated society and with like trigun it's the fact that these that every town is very protective of its plant because that's like everything there and pl- towns have been known to sabotage plants and so there's like a there's a more reasonable like siege mentality and castle doctrine about that and also the fact that there's just like not enough people because this world is so is so poor hmm. and so reliant on these this failing far future technology that there's no way to build a nation. It's just going to be these isolated outposts, these these technological oases in this massive yeah. desert. And so that's why we have these like wandering gunmen and stuff because the the society just can't support more law. But here, I feel like they shoot themselves in the foot by showing that like yes, a nation is po- it's possible to do nation building in this world, and it's possible to to build to build five super bombers that a fully industrialized nation in 1945 was not able to build. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like there, there, the reasons are not, there's not diegetic reasons for why a nation's not, can't come about and why people can't build a more perfect society. It just is that way because people are selfish and just need to look after themselves and et cetera. So that was kind of the thing that, that, I mean, Granted, like if I'm thinking about Trigon, I'm probably going to be comparing whatever else to it unfavorably. But still, I felt like just it felt very it felt like Trigon, Tri, Triplane Gun. But um, 
You tried very hard to make that one work. <laughs> I mean, I tried. I tried, Gun. Uh, we can keep workshopping this and waste our listeners' time, or we can move on to the other plain anime that only me and Jeff, who's not here, uh, watched. And I don't think, I doubt Jeff watched all of it, which is fair. Um, it kept being interesting. It never really got good. There is this interesting thing where they try to they try to retake it? Shanghai. Oh, Girly Air Force. Sorry, <laughs> I thought people were hang, hanging on that show just like I was. Uh, <laughs> Every they, it, it's girly drop entering your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's delicious. <laughs> no, no, but uh, okay. no, Girly Air Force uh, ended up being very weird because it wasn't really a harem. The guy was devoted to grouping the whole time. And it was funny because his childhood friend like basically came out and was like, I have feelings for you. And he's like, I have feelings for you too, as a friend. And she like slaps him. He's like, no, you don't understand, uh, Minghua. I love you as a friend. And she like slaps him twice and goes into her room. And like, that's the end of their arc. Um, but then she like, they cut her smiling quietly because he acknowledged that he, she was valuable as his friend. But yeah, they invade China um, to try to take it back from the crystal people because they're – well, the, the protagonist and his and his like friend Minghua are from China, or like oh, he's right, okay. he like lived in China, and they were forced to flee China. That's the first episode, and they're like going to take it back. But evil Americans show up, and they've got a anima, which is the like girl made from alien parts who can pilot a plane that can shoot down the alien G. Um, and she ends up like that they emotionally abused her. And so she switches over to the G side and they shoot her down. That's the end of the show. And as the anime news network review said, this is a v- speaking of what you're saying before, Duncan, about like sometimes you need anime original endings. This one needed one because the ending was definitely just like, oh, no, read the novels if you want to know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it literally just ends. And they're just like, he's like, I'm glad I met you, Griffin. And she's like, I'm glad I met you, too. We're going to have a lot of great adventures together. And he's like, yep. Credits. <laughs> Credits roll. <laughs> we show sure love in another world. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I usually think of, it was made by Satellite, and I usually think of them as kind of like a B-grade studio. But it was, like, good, and there were good parts, like uh, the really terrible DDR music that always played. And some of the fights were good, although... It's that right angle shit that I hate with planes, and that happens a lot in anime where people just like able to make like right angle turns and stuff. Mm. But, I mean, uh, that's, yeah, that that was almost like the the uh, what the the plane started doing doing in Kotobuki, and that's why it yeah. broke it so badly. Can I ask because turning because turning radius is so is so important with mid century planes. Yeah. Like that is how you that is like what gets you killed is is knowing or not knowing the turning mm-hmm. radius of you and your enemy so i don't know can i ask a, a question about that little plot twist you you talked about then so sure one of the one of the the plane harem turns bad basically yes is it she seen- shows up she shows up and then she's great and she gives a great performance I'm like this person's cool and then she has this speech about how like it's really weird because the z are all united in purpose and meanwhile americans fight and like the u.s doesn't trust china and doesn't trust russia and doesn't trust japan Will that happen to us if we get to know you too well? And it's like, oh, she's going to turn evil. It's just like it's it's like a, it's the most obvious. Like I have doubts about whether humanity is worth saving, and it becomes revealed that the Z just want like humanity to shut up. They just want like there's this thing where they have this they have this scenario where they play out different invasion scenarios, and the only way that humanity can survive survives if they like go and hide in small groups in the forests and mountains. And it's just like yeah, they just want humans to stop like broadcasting radio signals and lighting fires 
and making noise and living together in large noisy groups like they want quiet and calm and like still iciness and that's why they're trying to wipe humanity out or not wipe them out but like get them to break up and she like because she's so suspicious of like whether whether people's interacting socially is a good thing she switches over to the the g side and then like gets crystal like crystal comes out of her like eye and armpit and then she turns all crystal and then she flies a crystal jet and they shoot her down by like being best friends with each other see that that's that sounds like interesting until the last sentence <laughs> honestly i bet it is a better light novel than it is an anime i, I bet like there would be less weird fan service and there would be less like <laughs> Good shitty joke. shitty baby stuff but like i don't know i bet i honestly their recommendation their implicit recommendation of just read the light novel is probably correct and this show is full of good ideas that it would either execute weekly or not have time to play out as well as they could. And it felt like a show full of lost lost or missed opportunities. So, That's a shame. Yeah, well, I mean, it's anime. We're, we're used to that. Mm. We just opened with like 20 minutes of index discussion, so... I mean, it feels like the the whole like original anime ending is happening less and less now. And it feels like it, there's... It gets fans mad at you, and then I think yeah. that like, fan goodwill is why people like giving fans what they want with anime, and then being like, "and now read the manga" is like the good business model, even though it means that you just get weird non-endings. Mm-hmm. Like what, one of the, one of the first big series I saw, which had a anime original ending, which I didn't know at the time, was Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, that's um, the, that's the gold standard I think of, and I love that ending. Yeah. I think it's better than the original yes, than it's the actual than ending. The actual ending for sure. And, and yeah, so like I watched the when it when they did the re, full remake, it was it was re, had great production values, and and I watched it, and yeah, I, I came to the end, it just didn't quite feel as satisfying. It was like because they had more to tie up, and so they had yeah. to be had to spend more time going, oh, this is this person's ending, this is that person's ending, instead of just okay, this is the ending. Yeah, and like I think that's maybe a weakness of any lo- true long running. Si- si- series like i mean in order we had... to get its ending you have to do that it's like uh like famously lord of the rings like, like okay here at the end sorry, oh, sorry oh, Katie. Wait, no, wait wait guys not quite there yet got, got to have them all hugging the bed yeah but i mean like we had unfortunately off air we had a long discussion about like how you could make slime end better and it's just that you're they're tied to pacing issues in the manga that wouldn't if it was an anime original show with an or an anime even an anime original ending you wouldn't have to like cram in stuff where it doesn't quite fit and there's this i think the philosophy of that is better to cut stuff to add than to add stuff should, um should we talk about sl- slime now or i don't have anything to say i was gonna say actually just on that point like the thing the other thing is is that as far as fan bases go it seemed like those kids are pretty important to the fan base and so it felt like maybe they were just trying to get those kids in. As yeah, no, I think that is. I think uh, this was, it was a completely mercenary decision about who to show up before the series ends to get people excited for the next yeah. season. I, I, you know, I, I did enjoy Slime, but I didn't, like, I didn't think there was anything. I, I could have just not watched it, and I just felt like I didn't really miss out on anything. But I did enjoy <laughs> everything I watched of it. So you I didn't know. regret your time with it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't regret my time, thing. but I don't also like. I don't also think it's the best thing this season. For sure, I did enjoy uh, Veldora playing Shogi. I thought that season. I thought that episode was terrible. It, I it was, also thought oh, that episode was terrible. You I was mean really excited. Me, me, both wrong. Because uh, John really pumped that up, and I was like, 
Oh, First of all, is... no, I did not pump it up. I pump said that this up. is an important part of the story that's missing. It's a fucking... It happens at the end of every volume, not at the end of a 26-episode series. Sorry, 24. Whatever the fuck. 24.5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he is the 24.5, so it happens after the end of the 24, please. I know what, what I'm doing. Sure, whatever, darling. Like, I, I was still like looking forward to it when I realized what it was, and then I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was, a, it was very, hilarious, though. Very rote clip show. I was not impressed at all. It was clips. Like, what were they going to fucking do? <laughs> I don't know. Not yeah, that. I, I do. I do. Agree we don't, we don't John, really. Though, we don't that. really get to see clip shows anymore. That, I mean, clip episodes anymore. It feels like recap episodes are kind of less in fashion than they used to be. I think probably because there's just less two core shows these days. Uh, jo- I, I see them a lot. Did a, JoJo did a whole like this season of JoJo ended on. With, you just don't like, watch that kind of anime anymore. That's, yeah, I watch tons of anime. I watch not two that kind of anime. <laughs> you know what didn't have a clip show is Run with the Wind. Yeah, Run with the Wind is good. Run with the Wind ended. With its full payoff, I like everything that I thought was going to happen, that I wanted to happen, happened, but in a way that was surprising and fresh to me. And it is, it completes the trinity of my three favorite, uh, formerly my two favorite sports anime. Um, I think it's great. I think it's, it's profound and touching and it's got a perspective not only on running, but on how people connect with each other through activities and hobbies and passions that is great and i love all the characters even the twins at the end kind of whatever eh, what, what were the previous them. two uh cross, cross game, game and, and chihafuru nailed it the two i talk about all the time like every <laughs> other episode those two. you don't really talk about cross game all the time you just tell me to watch it you should time. watch cross game it's really good <laughs> it, it made me watch the like the world series that year. Cause I was like, Oh man, baseball is really like tactical and like strategic and has like all these like careful considerations. And then I watched the actual, an actual baseball game. And I was like, Oh, Oh, this isn't anything like in the anime. There's no like perfect matchups of like an unbreakable spear versus an unpierceable shield, like in cross game and where like in shield hero, which Ben Duncan's going to talk we're not about, talking about five that right minutes. now. I have fucking, we're doing my list and we'll get to that shit at the end. Cause we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> fucking shield hero. Aww. Jesus Christ. Shield hero is bad. Okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll do my list. Cause I just demanded that I would, <laughs> uh, my list. Uh, I don't even want to do this. I'm so deflated. Cause you mentioned shield hero. <laughs> What 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 is the opposite of Shield Hero for you? We'll talk about that briefly. Okay, Mob Psycho 100 is fucking great. Uh, Bones is good at animation, and uh, also it's good. Oh, I can't. I can't. It's good. Do, do do you like it? Mob is amazing, mm. and I I loved I loved the whole. Is of- it fun as well? Mob's fun. Good. <laughs> Stop with the positive adjectives. It's right. nice. Mob's no. nice. Yeah, mob, I mob think Mob's nice. nice. I think I think mobs I think mobs lovely. Um, I think Mob there's... Psycho 100 season two is very much like Mob Psycho season or Mob Psycho 100 season one, where it's about Mob growing as a person and becoming more confident in himself and embracing the fact that he's part of a group of people and not just by himself. And he you know he has the Body Improvement Club who are fucking fantastic. He has his brother who's more helpful and supportive instead of you know just kind of like jealous which is kind of was kind of one of the big arcs in the first season um he has a bunch of people that he's defeated who <laughs> love him now because <laughs> friendship i know ben because anime 
Yeah, but it's and, done in a way that isn't just like I mean, at the I'm end of sure. the day, friendship wins. But it's done in it's, a way. It's that... not about yeah. It's not about friendship. It's about <laughs> being yourself and opening up yourself. And mob that, understanding also, as well. Sorry, mob understanding like other people's situations, and especially with like the first person he defeats, going into their mind and sort of seeing how they've lived and why they are who they are. Like it's more about sort of him understanding and accepting other people's views on the world and on themselves and then saying like you gotta love yourself for who you are sister and then like evolving from that i I fucking love mob it's beautiful it's amazing it's Uh, great um i have one gripe with uh how people talk about it on the internet and i have to get it out because it's it annoys me because you're a bad Uh, person it's it's so annoying uh it's kind of like Mob is everything that we just described, and also it's really amazing to look at and has these fucking incredible fight scenes and like just they get they get really goddamn creative with animation and it's it's beautiful and a lot of the times when those things would happen, I would see on the internet just this trend of people who I think are very smug about how they like anime, saying, "Oh, now it's no longer about the story; it's just about the animation." And I think that's a pile of horseshit because every single one of those episodes is very much part of how mob grows it just happens to look good along the way and it feels like people are seeing the animation and thinking that there's no substance behind it and it's frustrating anyway i I think there's actually a a trend in like Mm -hmm. geek culture criticism of just like something is either a good story or it's pretty and it can't be both yeah it's it's really frustrating to watch because i think that mob is very much both at all yeah. times i mean mob is very carefully crafted i mean like so someone made a, a, a like the ending is when where it's kind of spoiled in the first season's op someone uh, pointed out the other day and uh, like yeah they, they don't tend to do things without meaning like I know, know a lot of people talk about like triggers, like like one of the golden standards of uh, anime. But one thing which I really think that's annoys... a jokey meme at this point, to be honest. Yeah, but like what the thing which re- which trigger do a lot and which really annoys me is they have like this horrendous signal to noise ratio in their their um, animation. Like they they make everything they do really distinctive designs, and then those designs have no meaning behind them. It's just like wow. Well, well, We'll be revisiting this in the spotlight, I think. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Might well. But it's... I think Mob doesn't tend to do things without a purpose. Like, even, like, the huge, like, uh, battles. It's the way way Mob moves around. Like, the the fight with the, the psychic's uh, ghost. Like, he, that... That fight has like huge explosions and like massive crashing crescendos of uh, SFX going on at the time. But if you watch it, it's all about like one person trying not to fight back. You know, sorry, one person trying not to fight back while the other person just pours all his like rage and uh, mm-hmm. hatred at him. And like, if you can't watch that incredible action sequence and actually say okay the way these people are fighting tells you something you're just not bothering like you're being lazy right exactly and it's yeah i don't know i just had to get that out because it's fucking frustrating seeing that all the time you're you're correct i i'm also like constantly amazed by the pacing of mob is constantly incredible like really great and amazing and i think it's also probably a testament to how one draws his shows where He's very happy just to have a uh, episode, a couple of 
chapters where there's no real talking. But yeah, no, I thought that there's certainly some episodes, some parts, some episodes where it feels like they've breezed through about like five chapters of the manga, um, just because there's nothing but fights and they haven't cut anything out. It's just a gorgeously detailed fight. Like I think like three or four episodes from the final when there's fighting, he's fighting like that giant tree monster. And then it segues straight into like him fighting the other evil guy up the tower. Like there's no, there's no real like break in that as, or like, you know, there's no, there doesn't feel like there's, if this was like a normal shonen anime, if this was sort of like a Naruto or one piece, there would have been like more him sort of like, uh, shouting out his feelings yeah, and emotions, yeah, yeah. whilst it's all internalized in the animation, and and, it's and everything he does say, he he says with a very specific intent, and it's and meaningful. Purpose. It's not yeah, just yeah. it's not just I'm platitudes. Maybe remembering wrong, but I think Mob has habit of uh, having fights bridge episodes as well. Uh, which yeah yeah, I think but so. this yeah. this is like there's the the fight where the final like arc bit, the final like part of the last arc which spanned about like four episodes there was one episode where he fought a giant tree man and then he told everyone to like stay there and then he went off and fought this uh, the um psychic uh umbrella guy pretty much all in one episode and sure he overarched the fights but there were some parts where th- they could have expanded that tree massive tree fight out for like four episodes if they wanted but they didn't they just... I, th- I think that's part of I think the fact that they didn't is also significant because part of that story they're telling with that final fight Mob has with um, uh, Evil Dad is that Mob has never been challenged really up until this point. And part of the the climax of that that sort of philosophical argument between uh, the, the Evil Dad's Ed's power is the only thing that matters in Mob's sort of uh, relationship and uh, being uh, realizing what matters to you and treasuring that is because Mob finally gets to stop limiting himself and just be completely selfish and go full out and like him actually having to realize is that he's betraying all these ways he's learned by doing that and to pull back is like the the, the like he he's it's motorcycle 100 he's famously never gone 100 percent and and that's not because he'll become like this weird crazy demon although he does it's because <laughs> When he does that, he just gives in to selfishness. He, he just becomes this monstrous ball of, of power, w- which just does what he wants without any constraints. And yeah. it's learning that not always doing what you want is actually better for you and is kind of that final fight's synopsis to me, at least. Yeah, I mean, I also view this sort of him like kind of controlling his powers and just realizing that the like because he was going to attack with like his brother is going to use that as sort of like a way to attack but then he stopped and realized that upon seeing him that he has to protect uh the people he loves and that kind of sort of i mean it's again a pretty shonen trope but i i thought it was done very effectively um, i mean he's always like afraid that people are going to be afraid of him that's sort yeah. of the thing that happens throughout the entire series and him going super saiyan and his brother like looking at him in fear kind of 
snapped him out of that anger mode, mm. which is which was a pretty good moment. Do you think he moment. was looking at, in fear? Uh, I I thought part of that was a realization realization that his brother's not looking in fear of what he'll become. He's looking at him in fear of what that's going to do to Mob, and. Uh. and and or that, just, that's that's just fear that, fear of what it'll do to mob fear of what it'll do to other people fear in general it doesn't i don't mm, think it's but, important but that's that, necessarily that's that's important because one's about just othering someone it's when you fear someone you're othering them you're saying like this is this thing and this is a thing this is dangerous we want to push it away when you fear for someone and you're saying i have bonds with this person he's important to me and and i think like Mob's brother fearing for Mob is like fits in, but I don't think he feared him. If, if I don't know if that makes sense. I know what you're saying. I, I think it, you know it's probably a mix of both. But you know this the is... reason I say it doesn't matter is because that's not what Mob is seeing. Mob is seeing his brother being afraid, and that is what snaps Mob out of being a monster. And in that moment, basically, like it doesn't matter what his brother's afraid of to Mob. Because what Mob's seeing is his brother being afraid of him. No, but I, I think him him realizing it's his brother being afraid for him is what snaps him out of that selfishness. But yeah, I, which is just whatever. I mean, it doesn't. Okay, sure. I don't have another. I don't have anything else to say to that. So also, really like the uh, the the sort of the Reagan sort of mob like switch in the part of the so the 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 second. The first half of the call was very much about Reagan and Mob's relationship. And I thought it was a really beautiful ending to that whole uh, arc where it was just Mob being like, I knew you were powerless all along. And that's why I followed you. And that's why I called you my master, because you're teaching me stuff that I don't know as a person with powers. And it was such a beautiful switch because all this time Reagan's making himself think that he knows exactly what he's doing and that he can, he has powers and he's fooling him. But in reality, Mob, knew all along and and it's a, again something that's been done before but the way that this show does it is so beautiful and so like spot on and it really hit hit uh, an emotional note probably made me cry uh usually does lots <laughs> of anime makes me cry these days <laughs> but yeah fucking hell mob is uh the bestest season i think i don't know how mob got made it's weird I guess because One Punch Man got popular and they're yeah. like, oh, he has this other thing. And now Let's it's funny that. because everyone's citing uh, Mob when they talk about how they're not really excited about the next season of One Punch Man. So yeah, I mean, Mob was always the better comic anyway, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of, it's a little awkward. <laughs> Poor One Punch Man. Yeah, it's isn't, a shame. Isn't I mean, One Punch Man still ongoing? Yeah, huh? they're both ongoing. They're both ongoing. No, going. Mob's done. Mob's complete, isn't it? Oh, mob's, mob's done. Complete. One Punch Man is still going. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. No, well. Anyway, moving on. That was good. Good. <laughs> sorry, st- I'm sorry. Sorry to stop. Whoa. I'm sorry it started out so rough because I still, got upset. Still getting messed up by your headphones. It's just, uh, it really is weird. That it's I'm so good. Myself. No, get used to it. It's freaking me out. I don't like it. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, we were talking about Run with the Wind. That was great. Yeah. We already talked about time. I was incarnated as slime. That was great. It was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> How do you do this? <laughs> Because I can't, I don't know, man. It's just who I am. I'm a broken human. Um, Dami Ningen. God damn it. Uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. I did not actually finish it yet. I'm two oh. episodes away from the end. Oh, that show it. is fucking fantastic, though. And uh, I will finish it. 
I, I can't oh. talk about it without talking about the final episodes. I don't well, give a shit about spoilers. You know spoilers, this. Spoilers aren't real. Yeah, come on. Spoiler babies are babies, and I am not a baby about spoilers. <laughs> I'm a baby about everything else. About show Duncan, is... Duncan, you were fine at getting Index spoiled, so come on. Yeah, but Index is terrible. Kaguya was good. I mean, uh, Andy, did you finish? Yeah, no, I finished Kaguya. I thought it ended on quite but, a nice note. I yeah. thought it was really good. <laughs> it's just like in in the fact all along, like the the thing has been like the joke is we're taking all these romantical fast things and we're just laughing at them from behind the scenes and and they don't realize how stupid they are being. But in in the final episode, it it basically he has uh, the main character just realize how which one? S- yeah, sorry, two. which one? Which two, which, which yeah. one? Kaguya or Shinomiya? Yeah. Sh- Shinomiya. Oh. They have him realize okay. how farcical it is and just basically give up on all his pretensions of uh, this is the way it should operate and just give in to what, how he wants to act around Kaguya and just... just like, how is how is that done? Are you talking about the uh, the fireworks episode? Yeah, like just 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 basically just doing whatever he has to to ha- to see her and to make her happy without any pretension. Just like yeah, this will make you happy. This is what we'll do. We'll do we'll do whatever we can to to be together and be happy. And like the entire series has been about them sort of like letting their own preconceptions of how love should work get in the way of just damn it be happy together and like i just liked them just like having a like a full whole episode where they're just he's just going for it just being open about his feelings and then at the end just basically going he wakes up and he's he's almost got a, a love hangover and he's like oh god oh god what did i say last night oh god i was honest oh jesus jesus he's gonna hold it all, all over me for the next rest of our student lives oh god oh god yeah but i mean i i thought that was really i thought that was really sweet and really funny and like the embarrassment and awkwardness of that uh that engagement like involvement that reaction i just thought because it was perfectly done in this sort of like really like uh sort of like tropey sort of like like yeah i'm here for you because i love you and i understand you and i know everything that you are and you know they both realize that and it's it's like advancing their relationship and then the next episode beautifully like puts that relationship kind of back to square one which you could if this was ben he'd find it infuriating and annoying because it means that they're just never going to go out but then it's a comedy so you know you've got to go back to square one um otherwise the jokes can't keep on happening and i thought that the the way that that event then sort of unfolded into a like a a whole bit about like them not being able to talk to each other i thought it was really sweet and it's kind of like everybody knows uh but apart from maybe chica because she's fucking thick but that's why she's great uh like everyone knows that they're in love even they realize probably deep down that they I like think, no, each I think other in that they f- just the game has changed that... slightly yeah I, I do think in that final episode you have at the very least an internal uh uh, acknowledgement that they're in love like even if they have backpedaled on uh, open declarations it, there's a there's that internal um it, admitting of affection which just wasn't there before and like 
the fun of the show was the farcicalness of how far you could push it. The it before they actually admit to it, but it was just cathartic to just to see them actually being happy together and just. Yeah. Do, okay, be, but the fun of the show is Fujiwara fucking wrecking shit all the time because she's a very uh, dumb person and does not realize anything that anybody's thinking ever and just wreaks chaos. And that's that's what the fun of the show is. Also, the doom and gloom accountant guy calling her out when she's talking about like going on vacation. This is the last episode I watched. It's just mm, it was so that was cathartic. That was cathartic. Was was ooh. Fujiwara is an idiot. I love her. Well, I want Chica. her. I, yeah, Fujimara Chica. Yeah, it's her fucking name. I, I just know it was Chica. Because I don't remember people calling her. Kaguya calls her Chica. Everyone else calls her Fujimara. Anyway, she's great. She is good. Just, wreaks, just fucking wreaks havoc everywhere she goes and does not understand it at all. She doesn't recognize it at all. She just wants to win everything to <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, she is the chaos element. Uh, it's, it's a perfect sort of like comedy uh, trope thing. That can mm. go on forever and probably will. Uh, the manga's still going, I think, in Shonen Jump. Yeah, they've this got the other hundreds of Shonen Jump properties, so you're probably not going to get any romantic chapters. like ending until the very, very end. Uh, so I, I good. Know. I love good. it. I don't want romance. I want more Nozaki Kun, and I want more Kaguya-sama. Give <laughs> me all that stuff. How you called Nozaki Kun not a romance? I don't know, but because it's a comedy. The <laughs> same way the this one is. It's a fucking Nozaki, comedy first. Nozaki Kun is a lot more romance than this one is. I'll call it marginally. Out Marginally. It's a fucking With comedy. Deep like, resentment. It's got comedy <laughs> elements to it. It's more comedy than romance. I'm not going to fucking say any more than that because fuck you. Uh, it's a comedy do... about romance. Yeah. Or a romantic <laughs> comedy. Yep. <laughs> That's the thing, though. It's a romantic comedy, not a comedic romance. There we go. Okay, I'm <laughs> going now. Let's move on. Let's wrap this You're up. the one who kept. I said I was done. You kept going. You're not anyway, done. I wish I was done with life. Well, uh, you know whose fault that is. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll I didn't. Stop. I was saying that before I heard the life bit. Uh, <laughs> keep leaving, John. I, keep living. Otherwise, I'll just be stuck with Andy and Duncan talking about uh, their trash anime. Uh, Kaguya-sama. Time was reincarnated as slime. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five. Yeah, it's good. It's, just, it's, <laughs> a, it's it's I not mean, as good as part four. It's not even close. I, I disagree. I think that the fact that... They introduce Koichi-kun, or they bring Koichi from part four into part five, and then he just fucking disappears after yeah. like three episodes. Well, really disappointing, because he was the best character in part four. He goes from this like boss. weird little baby boy who doesn't know how to do anything to fucking badass, like just owning everybody with his smarts. Ah, I miss Koichi. He was the best. I love Koichi too, but I don't. I think that you're doing season five a disservice by saying he was the best part in the show show i adore part, part five i, I said he's the best part of part four. Oh right okay whatever i i really love part five i think that thematically it's a lot interesting more more interesting no, the problem is this. it goes back to part three where it just like they're just fucking going across uh they're going on a path to one place to another I and mean, then they just cause... fucking they drop one of the main group members what the fugo is that the one oh yeah but... he just fucking disappears even though he's the, he's clearly the only one who could deal with the big bads 
yeah, power yeah, because that's why they uh, fucking dropped him because so he why did he kill... exist in the first place that's what i'm saying it's not coherent it's not like a good story it's just hey what wacky shit can i do this it time is... part four was a lot more cohesive and made a lot more sense in a in a bigger picture sense this is just kind of oh, i'm gonna do a weird thing this week i'm gonna do another weird thing next week i part I mean, five is not as good as part four are you, you're wrong because uh, okay so <laughs> why are they going on this trip what, what well, is, going what on is the, the trip? Purpose? First off, it's uh, it doesn't even matter why. Trish, actually, Trish is great though. She Trish just fucking okay. Well, they're going on the trip first to. They're going on the trip. To they're trying to trip. escort. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's not like a good sign. There's like four fucking different reasons they go on the trip. Okay, at the start, they're going on a trip to who knows what the fuck but then they get trish and they need to escort who to her right, to the boss off, who's gonna like, protect her and then they mean... get her to the boss and he tries to kill her and then now they're escorting her to sardinia where they can figure out why the boss is trying to kill her they want to figure out who okay. the boss is so they can kill him blah 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 who cares yeah. so i mean i care i thought it was really good i think it's really good i still think it's really good like the fact I'm that sorry. you're right you're right in that it is a road trip but the road trip in season three is the same thing it's like we're gonna kill dia we're gonna kill dia with this it's different yeah it's different in the way that they're attempting to... I mean, their core goal is to get rid of drugs out of the mafia. Just to abuse... Like, because drugs has destroyed uh, Bucciarati's, like family and it destroyed Jojo's family. Uh, Gio Gio's Giano's family. Jojo's. Um, Jojo, yeah. Um, and uh, he... And I think that, like... They go to one place, they they get to resolve, and it, and then they have to go to another place. And it is a bit of a road trip around Italy, but I think that it's a more enjoyable road trip than season three does. And I think that it actually has some just like some amazing characters that I think. How is it more I enjoyable? Because season... of the sights or the characters or what happens? There's yeah. a lot. Of, there's it, the characters you... just are fun. They're just it's just a lovely okay. Like what... you know how sorry carry on. I like this show. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's definitely worse than part four, and it's approaching tier three or it's approaching part three tier. I want to know why you think it's so much better. I just like. I mean, it's it boils down to the characters. I like the characters more, and I like the setting more. Which it's ones and why? Simple. I like uh, Narancia. I like Bucciarati. I mean, do why? I want to fucking name all of them? Like, yeah, tell me why you like Narancia so much. No, what, just, what's so great about him? He's just funny and dumb. He's adorable. He's like just this little weird. Like, dumb guy who has it. But then also he's got the smarts to know how to use a fucking airplane and his powers. Like, at the end of the day, you've got all these characters with different powers and just them being able to use it and overthrow the enemy. And it's You're the talking same. about every JoJo, though. Yeah, how, how, are, know, how are they different? I Is it... Like, also, I, okay, I want to say this. Got, like, I'm not on Ben's side on this because I love JoJo, but I just think it's not as good as Part 4. I think it's far worse. But To use saying, Andy's like, thing, tell us why, John. Why is it worse? Specifically, yes. why? Why is it worse? I've told you why. It's because they fucking... He doesn't like the plot. Yeah, it's, they don't <laughs> do anything. It's not a cohesive you know, story. Like, like, it is a co- they just, I mean, like I said earlier, they drop an entire member of the core group because oops, he's too powerful for the big boss. No, they don't they, even... like. It's not even like a goodbye. He's just like, do you want to get on the boat with us? Nah, good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what happens. Well, it's, I mean, the... it's not. The reason is because he's, he's connected. He's more... The reason they give... Is because he's more he's more attuned. Does he to come back later? No. Does he, he come back later? He well, come back. then yes, that is exactly what happens. Yeah, they say, no, "Do you want to get on the boat?" And he says, "No." But this is this is this is what I was going to say. I didn't realize that when I first read it. But then, like I, it's pointed out. It's like you know they got rid of him because King Crimson can't defeat him. I'm like, 
Oh yeah, right. that's a good point. I fucking forgot about <laughs> no, that. Mechanically, of course, I completely understand why they got rid of him. It's in terms of like story structure that is just it's a pile of horse shit. Like there's no they, it's not even like they fought and like it was a minor argument. Like, I don't want to go up against the big boss because he's big and scary. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the all you that's need. Good. Like, I, I a know, question I... about the, the 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 these themes you're talking about. So JoJo commonly names its stands after music, right? Uh-huh. Either after albums, uh, tracks, or musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly albums or the artists. Trisha's yeah. stand is Spice Girl, and Spice Girl's pretty fucking baller. <laughs> so I was I was sort of wondering, like you're, you're talking about a show where. Um, the, the the overarching plot is drug drugs have destroyed the the lives of these people. Like mm. mu- music is not a, a, something where uh, there isn't a small number of people whose careers have been cut short, ruined. No, do not try to make a connection by, there. By There's no connection. Yeah, he just likes um, music. I was no just like connection. wondering if you'd like had like bands which had a f- famous connection with drugs that has, I mean, has bands or something. It's probably like 40,000 of them. There's a Michael Jackson reference in there somewhere to yeah. use, use on drugs at some point. Pur- Purple Rain, there's uh, Grateful Dead is in here. Like He's a major art by major enemy and yeah, very famously into drugs. Like they... Yeah, it, it, it's the music thing is purely aesthetic. There's no connection to any of the themes whatsoever. Uh, Unfortunately, a... maybe. I don't know. I think it's fun, but yeah, I I mean, I also just think that the stands are really great. This uh, the, the stands are really great this season. I really don't like. Don't talk about what they do. Don't do it. Don't do it. I just love them. <laughs> I, I, can't, I mean, Andy I, Andy seems to enjoy a lot of these shows for just like moments, like having. I don't think he really needs the moment to. Let me tell you what you think, Andy. Uh, like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really need like the moments to connect together in in a particularly satisfying fashion. It's just like if there's just like good character moments and good one-off interactions uh i think that i I don't think that andy's not a plot hole poker as far as i can tell no Um, i mean i could i could understand that there are plot holes i mean i'm not gonna lie there are definitely plot holes in season five but i just love i i don't know i I just there's plot holes because there's not really a plot there is a plot. it's just one big hole I just think I don't know, I really enjoy the the setting and scenario of of season five, and that's the large part of it. I find it interesting that he's not a real John. It jo- is a jo- good setting. Like I'll give you, like Italy is pretty unique in terms of like what this show is. Like you don't really get things like this in that setting. I mean, I'll give you that. Anime in general is more interested in France if they're going to go to Europe mm-hmm. than Italy. I feel mm-hmm. like like Japan's like France hard on. I feel like it's pretty think, extreme. I or think, just straight up England. I yeah, think or England. Araki, uh, Araki went to Italy. We had and, good old Porco Rosso. And uh, he's also had like one old... Miyazaki. <laughs> Lupin? Lupin went to both France and Italy. So, so yeah, one France. man is in Italy as opposed to like the millions but... of like Rose of Versailles and the uh, Princess Knight. And... <laughs> yeah, France yeah. is definitely yeah. a bigger European type. Nota Cantabile. So... Anyway, uh, I, I like JoJo Part 5, okay? I just, it frustrates me that it's worse. Do you think it's that's, that's a fault of the source material or a yes. fault of the adaptation? Okay. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's core to the story. It's not like an adaptation issue. It's just like, I just think that the clearly problem... things just are there for convenience sake. I think that the problem with part four, if we're getting into it, is I think part four just sort of, uh, like, just, it, it ignores most, if not all of the characters by the end, which is fine because they come back in part eight, I think. 
I think um, it's the opposite though, because part four is actually like a living, cohesive town instead of just yeah, a no, roller coaster that they ride until the end. It's certainly a different like setting that they're going for. They're going for, like you said, town setting as opposed to just like a road trip. But I think that with season five, the uh, I'm trying to remember how the the ending is insane, and I love the and I really love the ending of season five there were characters that come back uh not as in like come back does koichi come back no but what's the point of living (laughs) another character comes back from uh season three who you won't be expecting but uh, it's just i don't know i love season five we're moving on because i think this is we're just is it smoky pam is it smoky this means nothing to people who don't know about jojo's you guys are the worst let's move on (laughs) Okay, if anybody's listened this far, they know what JoJo Part 2 is. No, sometimes they're just like, know. they like us as people. Uh, nobody likes me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hoo-hoo, John. <laughs> I, can, I can, listen, I'm allowed to make a reference to a previous episode of a series that we're talking about without explaining it down <laughs> to the core details. Leave me alone. Let me have What's this. next on your list, John? Yeah. I don't have a life. Uh... This is one that I mentioned at the very beginning of the season, and it ended up being one episode, and I was really disappointed, and then Duncan pointed out to me that it was fate, but I'm just going to mention it again, because I like the title. <clears throat> Lord Elmedloy II's Case Files, Rail Zeppelin, Grace Note, A Gravekeeper, A Cat, and a Mage. Okay. Thanks. Right. Um, and then I guess I'll get to the stuff that I haven't finished. Um, well, I guess Kaguya's something I haven't finished, but I fully intended to. I just ran out of time this morning because I slept in too long. Dodoro is fine. Everybody here loves it that has watched it. I just sort of fell off and have not felt the desire to go back. Do you plan to go back? <laughs> Do you see a way that you could go back or is it just... Yeah, whenever I feel like watching anime. <laughs> Okay. Maybe when you finish Sekiro and you want more disembodied uh, ninjas in... Oh, I'm never going to finish Sekiro. That game is too hard. Uh, next <laughs> Didn't up. you have thoughts about um, the use of um, prosthetics Puppets. you want? I'm going yeah. to talk about that at some other point. I did not do any. I, I wanted to finish what I was going to watch for it, but I didn't, haven't. So anyway, uh, Magnificent Kotobuki. Uh, we already talked about that. I liked what I watched and then I dropped it. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, and, unless you're really getting the air, like a lot out of the airplane fights, I don't see there's a reason for you to finish. So that, I mean, I actually was like, I, I think when we talked about it last, like I was really into it, cause especially the sound of just, yeah. like, the soundscape, like the pop pop when you get hit by a bullet. It's, it's some of the best sounds I've heard in uh, like dog fights ever, I think mm-hmm. in, in anime, at least maybe ever period. I don't I mean, really it's, watch it's that and to be fair. Dunkirk, I think has also a very good aeronautical soundscape, but yeah, but it's, it's just really good. And the planes look cool. It's just the CG girls just pisses me off. I will say, I, I forgot to mention this, that there was one point where, like, having a CG person, because the bartender, like, ends up being, like, the world's greatest assassin who retired to please his wife um, and, like, was never going to hurt anyone again. And then there's, like, a funny joke where uh, where it, it's revealed that she left him anyway because they, they let you think she's dead. But then, like, at the end of the episode, it's like, oh, no, she just left him because, like, he wouldn't get rid of his guns, even though he retired as an assassin, and she got resentful and left him. Um, and he's got like a per picture up on the wall, like she's dead. It's really funny. But then uh, they get boarded, and he does like this this ridiculous like equilibrium style gun kata, and it looks really good with the CG. And it was from one moment where like where I was like, oh wow, because like the it's in the dark and like the he's being like lit 
by the like guns as he's like bending around yeah, the, and ducking the bullets of gunfire. and the tracer coming mm. going, going past face. I think really good's an exaggeration. I think it's really good compared to the rest of the show. <laughs> okay, there. That, that's, that's a good qualifier. <laughs> it, it, that's a it, very good qualifier. It was doing things that it could not have done if it had not been CG and in, and not in a bad way, which is what I felt. Well, the, the show we watched the, right. l- last time, I thought, did better Gun Carter, but never, never mind. <laughs> right. Mo- moving on, uh, Promise Neverland was a bad adaptation that a lot of people who didn't read the manga love, and that's fine. <laughs> How much that's did a, you? What watch if we it? we watched all of it and then read the manga and then thought the manga was inferior? No, you didn't. Uh, Sorry, you're lying. did. You're lying. <laughs> I, I know you're lying. So. I, I agree that I agree that it certainly started off a bit weak, and there was certainly like the first few episodes, it didn't didn't really grab me, and I felt that like me and Duncan was talking off air, like the cliffhangers weren't very good and weren't very sort of like memorable, um, and also kind of like readable as well. Like I just knew what the fucking cliffhanger was going to be. It felt um, like they were. It was all for shock value early on. Yeah, like, things were brought up. It's okay. This is a kid. You're gonna. But that's why it's a bad adaptation. They just leave out information in the in the anime that you get in the manga Mm -hmm. through the actions of the kids. It's just completely skipped in the anime. Like, but then over and over. I I I argue that makes the the beginning of it bad. But that once they've had time to actually fill fill give you some background and tell you who these characters are. That's why the final. Well, third of it was actually what redeemed the series for me. Oh, so mm-hmm. I have to watch two thirds of a bad series to get to one third of a good series. I yeah, like, I don't think you have to watch all of the. It's not even two thirds for me. It's like a third. Like it was three. I watched episodes. half, and I fucking uh, did not want to watch I, more. So yeah. I also think it's a show that really, it it really does a better job because I didn't watch it week by week. I I just binged about like mm. five episodes. I can see that. And then, and I felt that that actually worked a lot better uh, for me, at least, because, like Duncan said, you got like a, a concise version of their characters and their plots. Plus, then it's easier to ignore the fact that you don't get all the information when you're supposed to. I mean, I don't care about the manga really. I mean, I'll go back and I know, no, I understand. It. You are not. You don't care about a story. I do. Okay, the story's <laughs> fine. It's like the story's the... the fucking story. Like the story doesn't change. Like they escape. Like as soon as they show that they're Spoilers. trying to get out, you know that some they're going to escape in some fashion. And I thought that when they like the but my it's, only problem... it's how they it's how they escape, how they know what to do when they yeah. try to escape. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about it, and that's yeah. what they fail to convey in the anime. I to what I, I think... watched, which was about halfway I through. Think, I think they did it all very well. Like I thought that. <laughs> I okay. thought that there was certainly points at the beginning where I just didn't care about any of them, but like there were certain moments where, uh, so like, what's her name? Anna? Is it? I can't remember the Lucy. Her leg breaks when, like, when she gets her leg. Emma, broken. you're, t- you're Emma, talking about. Emma, thank you. Uh, when she gets her leg broken, that's that was kind of a shock, and that was an interesting twist, and obviously like. The manga must have done it better, but um, the, I thought that the way that they, you know, they had her like the reveal at the end where they showed that she was like they were showing you what you were seeing, and then they explained like their intelligence behind everything mm. that they were actually doing. I thought that was really fucking good. I I really liked the series as a whole. I felt yeah. that it had a weak. Go, like run up but then when it got going it got fucking got going 
Like my problem with the the series is earlier episodes was that it focused too much on the on on the weirdness on the on the fact that its meta plot is that they're basically being farmed to be fed mm. to demons and mm. like okay so that's horrific fine but all we need to know is that it's dangerous outside and that they're uncertain of if life's going to be any better uh, when once they get outside it's what's important is choosing to be free over choosing to be um part of this system which exploits them and throws them away it's it's that choice and to but they don't know that they're being exploited without knowing about okay yes yeah but that's the what i'm trying to say they don't need to know the exact way that they're being exploited all they all that matters to me at least is that choice not the explicit manner okay um I need to understand. How do they know that they're being exploited at all if they don't know that they're being exploited? Okay, so why, why would they make the decision to break out if they don't know that they're in trouble? So if would you have enjoyed the show if the lie uh, Emma tells them about it being gangsters smuggling the kids away rather than demons eating them was true? I don't... That's What's that have to do with my question? Because you asked... I said, I think the specificity of the demons as the threat is... Okay, well that, okay, now I understand you don't like the demon thing. That's fine. That's not, that's not what that's not what I interpreted. I, I you just don't earlier. think that the de- the de- the demons eating eating the kids and the sort of over the top nature of that, I think, doesn't necessarily um, add anything to it when it's shoved shoved down your throat. When it's when their implied menace is better than their actual sort mm. of on screen gribbliness well because the, the, the way... demons eating them thing sounds like a joke answer to what's actually happening to them i feel like like that's what you would make up if you're pulling it out of your ass like oh yeah they're disappearing because demons are eating them it's possible apart from that's very much not the case they're literally they're literally farmed for their brains by demons and so i'm saying been... it sounds it sounds ridiculous it sounds like it sounds like you're right it could be like another meta twist uh but that even uh Oh, fucking hell, the, the I'm not sure if I is... understand right, but I think what Ben's saying is that telling them that gangsters are stealing them away is more believable than demons eating the kids. I'm not sure what I was pointing out anymore. Okay. I just think I just think that I can understand Duncan's negative reaction and making the the threat real because the threat sounds ridiculous when you put it into words. Okay, like all all it has to be is an outside menace. It doesn't have to be a, this very specific. Yeah, they don't have to specify law. the actual problem, the actual threat. They could have uh, they could have ascertained to it without necessarily concreting it. Sort of like there's no, there's no showing an alien and just assuming that the alien is somewhere. Whatever there. the threat is, I don't buy for a second that these kids would just decide to break out based on a perceived threat and not a very explicit one. So they would have to see something, no matter what it is, in order to want to do this. But go then to these how extremes. did? So then, how did the manga do the opening episode different then? Because the opening episode is she runs it to didn't. try and save the like the kid like give a teddy bear back and then she finds it, him dead it didn't and... i don't know why so, this is even a question <laughs> so sorry john let, let me ask something so i haven't finished the series i've got about two-thirds with the the manga catch-up so there seemed to be um a bit more about the sort of implication of that knowledge is being smuggled into them through the books like mm-hmm. so do you think 
how do you feel like the inform- them knowing more so they can plan more is is that is that your problem is it that without having information has been left from behind yeah the, the show portrays them as just super fucking smart kids who know everything without doing so it's any coming work. from nothing that's that's right that's, okay. and then in the manga it actually shows like how they work things out it shows them investigating and not just having knowledge which is much more interesting so you like it almost being a bit procedural like them sure playing detective figuring out the way this world works Okay, I, I can understand how losing that would... Well, I think, I think later on, especially the reveal when um, Norman tries to run away, uh, I think they like that reveal of the cliff, that is a procedural thing of them learning about the world, and that was a really good sort of like cliffhanger. So they do have bits <laughs> of that. Oh, that was a bad fucking... Sorry, apologies. Uh, no, like, you're not sorry. <laughs> I didn't no, even realise. I didn't even mean to make it a joke. No, uh, I knew. I think uh, I think like there is a bit of procedural stuff coming in later, but certainly like them not sitting down and like having animated shots of them just sort of like reading through books. And but I want that instead of instead of like the uh, like I guess Ocean's Eleven sort of like reveal at the end as they escape as to the flashback as to what they were doing. Maybe worked better in the sense of an anime as opposed to the manga doing it. I don't know. I want I to. I want to see the them working through things because that is what makes it interesting. It's not just trying to escape. It's how they learn how to escape and why to escape and where to escape that makes it interesting. Okay, I, I can see how those being missing would distract distract detract you from the what else is going on if those were what you appreciated about the original material. Cool. Like. How did you feel about the way? Because, like the the thing I, I which get kept me watching the series was the camera work in the house. The way mm. they gave it a presence, and the camera sort of lurked around corners and then crapped, crapped. <laughs> <laughs> yep, crapped all over the place. Okay, the camera crept around the corner. <laughs> And sort of like, it's like a very horror movie trope. Like the the house. Sure. The direction presence. was fine. I had no problem with the direction. I think I said when I first watched it that, or when we when at the beginning of the season, I said that. Uh, yeah. I liked the direction. I liked it. It actually has a very tense atmosphere. Uh, it's just I, that the rest of it fell apart for me, yeah. so I stopped watching it. Like from what I've read so far, I I haven't got the same from the manga. It doesn't feel like as menacing, but like that's something I felt like the adaptation brought which i really appreciated and the but i don't feel that it was significantly different but you know I've, is I've this maybe a thing because like the thing with about about horror and sort of tenseness and like menacingness like all these sort of emotions like they don't as soon as you've watched or watched or read one adaptation of that thing yeah you ha- you can't really recollect it because you know the result you know the you mm. know the twist you know the thing so maybe it's just the fact that you know john what read it first we watched it first and therefore we're getting this dichotomy as it were because we've we come in at the same yeah. thing from different angles. I, I wouldn't go that nihilistic because it sounds like it sounds like at least duncan understands john's reasons for not liking it and i mean i don't think john will ever give ground on why someone else <laughs> likes something he doesn't like but uh well, hold on, that's but... not fair. 
How did you? I'm sure deep down he does. He does understand Duncan. <laughs> how how did you guys feel about um, how they um, tied up uh, Sister Crone's arc? It's fine. Uh, what I don't have strong feelings. <laughs> what with like the weird fight with the demon? <laughs> like, I I thought it was very weird to sort of all of a sudden like. Uh, I like that she's like, here, kids, have this. Hmm. Yeah, like, I just didn't so feel just Almost almost out of spite, which is mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, like this, 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 the sense of that she knows she's been outplayed, like, like she's tried to, to be part of the system and like it's consumed her in the end. And like she, she's always realized deep down that she can't, she was never going to get out of 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 there alive and like it's like her final reconciling with that and sort of spitefully doing the one thing she can and mm-hmm. I, I sort of like they i like her as a character yeah racist in it's, it's per- portrayal aside like yeah. I, I think she's a great character to be honest it's like i think she deserved far better than she got with some of the, her portrayal it's like there's a there's an interesting flawed character there which yeah. Some of actually some of the things which were bad, like her, some of the things which were bad about her portrayal in the anime didn't seem to be in the comics, and some of them seem to be mm-hmm. in the anime and not in the comics. So I'm, I'm, I don't know what went on there at all. It's I'm, I'm kind of, it's just a black person in anime, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, kind of shouldn't it. be. But there we go. Um, but yeah, it, I'm. I, I was generally very happy with how the arc of its characters ended, even if I th- I thought like Ray Ray in particular had a, a great arc like this. It's like everything you what Ben complains about Accelerator doing in Index, he he sort of plays up being the bad guy for like two thirds of it, and then actually is sort of actually forced to confront his situation by someone else sacrificing himself and it's actually a far better portrayal of of an anti-hero than accelerator manages in the index series norman or not norman the black guy one right i always get their names mixed up yeah norman norman is the blonde who sacrifices himself ray is isabella's son and the tragedy of all that's implied in that Mm-hmm. Also, that very weird, like, uh, goodbye with um, the mama and uh, Emma. Uh, I thought that was a very, like, where they just looked at each other for a bit, and then she was like, fuck off, bye. And then she was like, well, right, yeah, catch you around. <laughs> that, that was just basically, like, you could have been me. That was Emma looking back saying, I could have been you, and her looking back, and yeah. Isabel looking at Emma thinking, I wish I had been you. And it's, that's I what... Mean, the only problem I have with the series, but I had this with anything where it sort of has this sort of setup and premise. I just want them to escape, and I just want to know what happens next. And that was like my main point. And it's really hard for me to be like, okay, so they're not going to escape, and they're going to escape at the very end, and I know that's going to be the payoff. So I've just got to try and enjoy them watching this prison escape. But on the other hand, just fucking escape because I want to see what is off over the wall especially well, unfortunately you, guys... you don't really want to see what's beyond the wall because it gets way worse after sorry interesting because i've heard other people say it gets a lot better so mm, they're crazy maybe i don't know um what next? else is on the john list yes yeah. just fucking shit ass shit shitty shit shit shield hero what we're not going to talk about because we all okay. agreed i'll be brief 
So Andy brought up an article in Slack. Uh, uh, Andy brought up an article which talks from about three years back. Yeah, I was going to say it's been is, three years ago. Which is, <laughs> which which is interesting because it's written uh, f- from someone who is... C- uh, collating the experience of uh, different Japanese bloggers talking about uh, the isekai genre and how it's like seen as like this plague which is taking over all the the light novels and all the sort of um, online uh, fan story things and how like and this is three years back well before it, the current wave hit hit us and like everything that they say he this, these guys say about it just like rang really true with like shield hero being like the absolute definition of this like they say okay there is no more cynical genre than isekai because its assumption is that society is basically against you every everyone who has succeeded has succeeded because they've cheated they've got their position in life through luck whereas you who have worked 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 every day of your life have got nothing for it to show for it and so isekai's key sort of thing is like we'll put you in another world where what you care about actually is a, is the cheat so you are in an rpg where all this time you spent playing sereko and dragon quest suddenly like the cheat which allows you to succeed and it plays into that worldview of that oh man if somebody could cheat based on secular i'd be really impressed <laughs> <laughs> but like i mean that's that's got to be an isekai at some point but a I fighting think, game isekai it's yeah, gonna I, it's gonna happen i was gonna say like i think that 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 um, it's called grimgar <laughs> that feeling of not uh, even joking actually that, but yeah, that feeling uh, that feeling of um like you know work hard like and and you will succeed. Like that's a very shonen tropey thing. And then the reality is, is that it's not like shonen tropes. And no matter how hard they work, they're still going to be fucking scrubs. Whilst people who are born lucky are the lucky ones, not the people who actually fucking work hard. Which is an interesting yeah. sort of like antithesis to shonen shows, which are very much like friendship, like power, like loyalty, and like hard work that's going to get you through no matter what. Which is pretty mm. much what, like, I imagine, like, the writers now are brought up on. Like, that's the yeah, that is the show that, that, that is Dragon Ball, that is Naruto, that's fucking everything that, like, teenage uh, manga and anime is based on. Uh, mm. So carry on. Like, no, 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 no that's, that's that's right. It's it's like there's obviously like uh, there's that the shell that's when those stories were written for the first time. There's obviously a depth behind them and then someone just saw the the shell of that story and then they wrote a story based on that shell and then someone just saw this shell of their story and wrote a story based on that Mm. that's just how over time genres just become played out as like the core emotional concepts just get abandoned and it just becomes like this this weird shell of a, a thing and like shield hero is just like the most cynical most absolute playing up to the hilt the victimization angle and it just has such a martyrdom complex and those early the every problem which it has in those early episodes continues throughout the series 
forever Nafumi's getting played as the victim even while he's having success forever his incredibly problematic uh, relationship with Raf Raf oh bloody Raftalia. hell Raftalia. A slave who he's who now loves him is like just played as like perfectly natural and normal and yeah it's fine, um, and like I was determined just to to get to the end of this series and find out okay what's what's the angle why do people seemingly love this and like it's got great production values like there's obviously a a, a team behind this which put a lot of time animating and doing character design really well but. It's just got a heart of shit. It's just like the most horrible, cynical all thing I've watched for a long time. And it's like this this the thing which is like I'm glad I'm leaving at this point was in this, this final episode, um they're leaving the country and they have a the, the crown princess joins the party and there there's an attempted assassination uh, attempt made on her and the, the one of the assassins is holding this this orb this like and it turns out that orb is taking a, a film of of the fight and we then get to see this this film of the fight re-edited and shown as fake fantasy news to the population and oh, showing wow. that him him killing everyone <laughs> instead of defending them and showing the uh, and like turn them from being like oh uh, we're going to protect the princess to ha ah, ha ha we have kidnapped the princess and it's like uh, god damn it can he like can you, you just not break? like say <laughs> yeah it's just like can you just like stop victim just having him being a victim in every circumstance because like the moment you give him success it's like no we're gonna drag him back down and it, we're gonna do it as the con- a contrivance again and we're just gonna uh, it just feels so cynical and yeah that was cool, that series. yeah I would be. It is interesting, like the meta of like going about the isekai genre. Like it is interesting reading that article, and and you should, it'll be linked in the show notes. Um, but like the way that sort of the meta of that of that of that genre evolves, uh, I think is is kind of interesting. But then I think you've got a lot of problems where it's just some isekai is, is just bad and like very much like you know how to cheat games, so therefore you know how to cheat real life and you know how to win in this and i don't know i think it's gonna think, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the isekai genre evolves in like three or four years well um, i think we already know that the ones which work things like konosuba rezero overlord are the ones which break that uh that formula like where they have um like i don't ReZero. know if i'd say overlord breaks that formula but i, I think well i think that's the most most on edge of the three but I think ReZero definitely does. ReZero makes suffering a key part of, of what's going on. And I think that's like, considering how Ben says, like one of the big problems of, of like slime is just how easy Rumu has it. Like just how much the characters suffer in, uh, in ReZero is, is like every time he dies, he's painful. Also the fact that like his arc, is sort of like him thinking, him being the most important thing in the world, not being able to tell anyone he's the most important thing in the world, and then realising his place in that world is not the most important thing in the world, actually, is a really interesting sort of like reversal on tropes that have happened in Isekai and other anime and, and like stories in general. Like, it's a good, it's a, just a good story, which I think is 
the same with Overlord. I haven't got through it all because season yeah. one has been pulled from Crunchy for some reason. Just fucking mm. irritating. Yeah, I guess licensing. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. It'll be back on one. Just day. wait until yeah. So I'm a Spider. So what gets an adaptation? I've, I've been reading <laughs> that. That's 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 kind of like a the most n- uh, nihilistic version. It's like she she just doesn't give a fuck. It's like yeah, she's just like I'm just gonna do whatever I got to yeah. do to, to it, survive. It's survival of the fittest, basically. And it's <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, it's so she's silly. just merciless. It's just yeah. like. Uh, fuck these monsters. I, I've been made a monster. I'm just going to become a monster. It is an isekai pop. boiled down to its very core, and it is very silly, and I love it. Is it getting honest. an anime adaptation? It's one of my favorites. I'm huh? a spider, so what? Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's fair to explain what it is. It is uh, an isekai where a girl... I don't, does she even die? I don't even remember. She but doesn't she's, know if she dies. She thinks yeah, she yeah. dies. She's she reborn into this fucking massive dungeon... And she's a baby spider, and she and it's very much a video game. She goes around, she kills people, she fucking gains powers for acting like a fucking merciless psychopath. She literally gets like fear, like yeah, I forget fear what it's called. It's, it's like, and, like yeah, cursed. Like, yeah, just because she's so ruthless and just murders. It's it's really silly and funny and yeah. i like it it's because like the, the very first moment of that series is like she's reborn and she's like oh oh i'm trapped inside this thing okay oh i'm a spider and she she looks out and she, there's all these other spiders around and then in comes that the, the brood big mother. mama spider and eats the rest of the spiders <laughs> yeah and she's just like oh fuck oh, oh fuck, fuck, oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just so great good. it's just like this that the exact opposite of this power fantasy that you're literally at the bottom of the food chain and just but, she, but act- she's so good she's working her way yeah. up and up and up and like it's 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 an isekai it's like a standard isekai but without the burden of trying to be more than it is i don't know i don't know how else to put that mm. but it's it's, it's, it's it's coming out as an anime at some point yeah yep. trailer yep yep I, i'm looking forward to that and uh the oh, bloody hell the uh otome game one I've not heard of that one. So I've heard of it. I have not read it. But. It's uh, it's called uh, I've I've uh, it's basically someone's reincarnated as the Otome villainess of who of their favorite game, and that their every route they take through involves her dying, and it's her basically figuring out how she can not get killed. Oh yeah, that one. Oh, that one and sounds like, so great. I do want to read it. And it's, right. it's it's really good. It's it's like her just like knowing how the game works and being like oh shit this is where <laughs> this is how the heroine succeeds and i'm the villainess and oh dear god i've got to stop this before i get stabbed by the he- hero <laughs> i mean i like i like that both of these sound kind of like unpower fantasies in some way i mean the the spider one does sound like yeah. a power fantasy but it's also kind of like weird and it sounds like the sort of like, fantasy you get when you're level one like mob enemy and it's like a it's like playing up. an rpg yeah, yeah and you just start yeah. grinding your way up it's the, yeah the best thing about the automate game one is is that like she she's got all, all these plans of how to succeed and her fallback plan is like i'm just gonna run away and become a farmer so she spends like a bit of a, 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 she's even though she's a princess she she orders a little farm built in her in her in her grounds and she spends time there with a hoe just digging <laughs> up potatoes and stuff because this is a fallback plan if everything this goes, sounds goes great. wrong she's just legging it and, but and going games, out and living in the country <laughs> Otome games have the most batshit insane endings like the good endings oh are yeah. Like, yeah i love you but the bad endings are like i'm gonna lock you up in a cage and then rape you yeah. in a cage. <laughs> like that's oh, literally yeah. the ending yeah. of i think dance in the 
Dancing the Devil's something something. It's fucking Dancing the Vampire Bunch. Oh, Dancing the Vampire Bunch. <laughs> uh, like oh, okay then. <laughs> and uh, then, I've never then, I've never seen it. I'm just really good at these guessing games. Oh, yeah, well, Tommy games are fucked up. Like I mean, they say that like uh, with I don't know. Anyway, right. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, just ran out of energy. That's the end of my list. I'm sorry for everything I've done in this episode. You regret yeah. your words. The and only deeds. one we haven't mentioned is Domecano. Domecano. Uh, I sort of uh, They've talked about that for good. seven years. I guess if you want to say something for in, in detail at some point. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know if I should talk it now about it now. I'll save it for when I talk about Domecano with Jeff Tad's thing on. But like my second favorite thing this season ended up being Endro. <laughs> but so that's weird. I didn't uh, watch Endro. Unexpected at least. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, anyway. My favorites in this order. Mob Psycho 100, Run With The Wind, Kaguya-sama. And then the rest. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's Mob, Jojo, and then Kaguya, probably. Run With The Wind. Yeah, I, I know. Watched, Run With The Wind was really good. <laughs> uh, I, might... I know that everybody loved it. <laughs> Which we know because we had to explain like why it was good to you three times because we kept fucking up. Although, I wouldn't say well, we why don't we take a break and then come back to talk about our spotlight anime? Which is? What's that? Tsuritama. <laughs> they'll, he- they'll hear it in just a second once we come back from the break music. Tsuritama. Tsuritama. second half of our podcast we'll be discussing our spotlight anime the anime series suritama uh, which aired in 2012 directed by nakamura kenji and series composition by ono toshia yeah yeah perfect knocked it out the park <laughs> yeah i pitched this uh, it's so I'll go ahead and explain what it's about it's a show about an alien comes to the island of inoshima and picks a boy with severe social anxiety to teach him how to fish to stop a mysterious threat in the deep waters uh which ends up being another alien uh from mind controlling the entire world through water <laughs> uh, and if that sounded like three different shows we'll be discussing that in a second um, <laughs> i pitched it because I think this is the first anime that I can at least remember where I really didn't like it and John really did like it. And it kind of stuck with me where I was just like, huh, why would John like this bad anime? <laughs> and obviously that stuck with me for about six years. And then I pitched it to John. <laughs> and I'm happy to say that my opinion is slightly changed. John, why did you pick this? And has your opinion changed slightly or substantively? <laughs> Uh, I picked it because I had pitched it before, but no, that's not why. Uh, I, it was one of the first anime that I watched when I was getting back into anime, which I think started with Kill a Kill because of course it fucking did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember really liking it and I remember it being bright and colorful and overall pretty positive, which I think sticks, even if it is much like Ben said, the dude has massive social anxiety, and I did not remember it being that extreme. But it's definitely pretty extreme, especially early on. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know, I like bright colors. 
It's very bright <laughs> colors. That's true. It's 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 up there with like Rolling Girl, Rolling Girls for like or uh, was it Urahara? Is that the one that was just like Urahara? Yeah, that was the one that Crunchyroll like uh, flogged cr- like crazy. Yeah, yeah and it <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, set in Akihabara, wasn't it? I don't know. No, uh, it was set in like Harajuku, wasn't it? Harajuku, I think, is probably where it was. Anyway, it, I watched half an episode. No, I, didn't, I think I watched like two minutes and closed I, it. So I, I think remember. I did too. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, I heard, I heard it was really boring. Unfortunately, which yeah. is sad because they're like, "Oh, this is one that's like got a lot of female staff members," and everyone's really excited and like, "Oh, this is kind of boring yeah, and bad." Kinda, like anime can sometimes tend to be. Anyway, we're doing a podcast <laughs> about Suritama, not Urahara. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, as far as my opinion changed uh, a little bit. Um, I don't think I'm as high on it now as I was back then, in large part, because, boy, oh boy, do I fucking hate Grandma. God. <laughs> Wait, everybody Grandma? she talks to. Like she like talks you. to everyone like they're three years old, and I, f- I cannot stand it. It's like she's from a, like a children's show. I know I'm watching a cartoon, but it feels like she's from Dora the Explorer. I hate her so much. She, God damn it, and John. Haru's supposed to be like annoying, cute, and I could deal with him on his own, but then she starts talking to him and then he like devolves even further into a fat baby. Hey, that is not uh, fair to blame to blame Haru on grandma. That is that is I'm, sa- I'm saying he's bad manif- <laughs> but I could deal with him, but then when she talks to him, it gets even worse because she brings out what makes him him to a much greater degree. I hate her. I'm and what sorry. and what She's is fucking... what is Haru's Haru a- is the is the alien, by the way, who has been sent to Earth to bring back the w- what is interpreted in legend as like the dragon that yeah. has like harassed the island for centuries, and it's mm. back now. Yeah, and Haru's Haru's the alien, and he's kind of like super ignorant of humans and acts very immature and straightforward, and brings out the best in everybody, <laughs> as yeah. characters like that are wont to do. Which yeah, is I, fine. I can deal with Haru on his. I, I really just. I'm sorry. I hate Grandma. She talks like that's, that's such a weird thing. That's a weird thing to go after. Yeah. Just, she's so yeah. she's everywhere, and I just like she's, and then she's sick for some reason, and it just goes nowhere. Yeah, the sickness does go nowhere. I mean, that's what I was going to say about the three different parts uh, of like where this is a coming of age story where um, where Yuki, the main character, who's redheaded, and whenever he gets anxious. There is a thing of like water filling up, and he also gets this like it's really so like good. red, angry so demon face that everyone makes when... him, everyone makes thinks he's mad. They're like always like, "Why are you mad?" And then he gets more <laughs> anxious. Yeah, I love the effect of the water washing yeah, up over him. It's really it's good. Very good. But there's that. There's that coming of age story, and then there's also a procedural story about living in Inoshima and fishing. And then the third story is a supernatural adventure involving a, a massive mind-controlling dragon living under the waves that they have I'll, to that I'll they like have the to get. Part. I, you're forgetting also the Bureau of Alien Investigation. I, I count that with the supernatural adventure. Yeah, I'd say um, that's part of that. Yeah. Duck. No, I mean that. I just love the fact Duck. that. Duck. Duck is Duck is Duck is the clearest example of this show trying way too hard to be precious, even more so than Haru, because <laughs> Haru at least like gets some pathos, but like Akira, the turbaned agent of Duck, that's sent to monitor uh yuki not yuki haru and his and his sister coco who's great uh great. is uh like ha- like has to stand up against the agency and like re- refute the rules they just suddenly start quoting this agency as rules like on episode <laughs> eight or nine yeah um there, no the show there's at least 11 and the ones that they mentioned are number 10 and 11 <laughs> yeah it makes you feel like there were rules all the way through and then they just cut those from the script yeah, yeah. i this this is a show where where it feels too scattered because 
the procedural elements about fishing aren't take too long and are kind of shallow and heart uh yuki just gets better at being socially awkward just kind of off screen in between episodes except for the one where he stands in the boat like he does he he goes through the i I think i think i think it's done well i i i I wanted there to be more there needs to be more of something because i don't feel the characters are well developed I don't feel that the fishing procedurals as detailed as I'd like. And I think the last three episodes where it's just all supernatural adventure are actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Where they're just like running around yeah. and like fooling the duck agents and <laughs> like getting on a big boat. Like that's good because we don't have to deal with all this other stuff. I don't know. I don't know whether I agree. I mean, maybe not uh, Haru, uh, Haru, but certainly the black haired guy, I can't remember his name Natsuki. now. The fishing kid. Natsuki. Natsuki. Yeah, like his relationship with his dad and his reaction and his family. I thought that was actually really nicely done. And oh, his... I thought that that was the I thought that was the biggest like dead weight in the plot by yeah. far. The only like... problem I had was the fact that they they think like the only thing that I picked up that I was like, huh, I didn't realize that the first season, first time I watched it was like every emotional point is usually accommodated by a slap on the face. Um, God, there's so many they, like, they do like slapping a lot. <laughs> <laughs> really I have, I've, as someone who's has had had a little sister, like the like when you've got oh, yeah. older oh, sibling, yeah. like you, like first thing your parents drill into you is you you you're bigger than them. You do not use your physical size or strength to to hit them. And like he slaps his little sister, and it's that's like, like an you know, anime thing. In the though, face. Just, yeah. I don't... Because she's calling him a jerk. He's like, fuck and you. And she's right. She's <laughs> being a jerk. She's, and she's totally 100% right. correct. He, don't you understand? Goes, he's he's mad that his dad is like falling with another woman after his, else, yeah. after his mother's dead. And has been anyway, dead for a long time. To look so at the let's show. ignore the fact that he has a family and talk about how he's the best character. But no, he's not. Because like, ignore his can, family. There like, are parts of him that are the best character, but he is not the best character. I mean, holistically my, speaking, I, my favorite I, I, scene I, in the series is when uh, he sees, and this is super cheesy and sad, but he sees uh, Yuki like working on. Uh, he's like knot, working on tying the knot, the knot and, and he's and then he's like running away, and he's just like super happy and starts laughing as he's running. That was yeah. a really good scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. they have a they have a thing in the first like three or four episodes or four or five episodes where like he never smiles, and then they like get shocked that he smiles around his little sister. Yeah. And yeah. then that scene is him smiling about what Yuki does, and there's like yeah. the I most frustrating thing about Suritama is that it has like good threads. It's just it's it's too short and too packed and too scattered. And I think the show really wants us to love Inoshima as an island, and I have no no perception of it besides the beautifully rendered backgrounds. Yeah, and they really want us to care a lot about Haru. You don't really get a sense of place with it. Man, I don't care about Haru. <laughs> yeah, that's... Inoshima's not an island, it's just a prefecture. There is an island in Inoshima, but... They call Whatever. it an island at one point in the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's just bad translation, though. I saw that and I was like, oh, why is it an island? It's Your bad not. translation. Fun. I mean, the whole I, of I Japan's know, an island, so yeah, exactly. Okay, I just, I just, I just googled uh, Enoshima, and the Wikipedia article says Enoshima is a small offshore island about four kilometers in circumference no, at the mouth, about the Katase the, River. That's the fucking whole bit. Japanguide.com about Enoshima, a small <laughs> island with a shrine near Kamakura. Yeah, uh, Enoshima Island in Fujisawa Province. Oh man, uh, this feels someone's uh, schooled. Is... Wiki Travel. <laughs> you are Inoshima is both a small island and a small seaside town next okay. to the island Wait, in Kanagawa. The town is the town on the mainland is also called Inoshima, but the, uh, there's also right. an island called Inoshima. Right. Okay, right. So I was right as well. No. <laughs> That's what counts, Andy. <laughs> no. 
but no they like because because like people get when they're evacuating the town because of the typhoon coming in because man they are unlucky in that show of like all the bad things happening at once because <laughs> yeah. because yeah. the the aliens communicate through water and so there's this thing if you get splashed with water because Hara has a water gun so he shoots people with water and it like mind controls them he's like oh this is how we communicate on my planet and the big dragon in the sea like if the air has enough moisture in it that he can just like control the entire world is what they said at one point. Yeah. yeah that's what he said they, eventually they, he'll get strong enough to control people through the moisture in the air. Is that yeah. what they so said? So when there's a massive typhoon, like he's going to brainwash like a big chunk of Japan uh, yeah. with, with all the moisture in the air. Um, but when, yeah, just, just like people are getting freaked out by having to leave the Island. And I'm like, I mean, okay. Things to know about the Island, the pier where they go fishing grandma's wacky house the school classroom that's all that that, yeah. that is my sense of oh, the, place of the this show. fishing shop i the, i did not get a strong strength sense of place from that at all it was very much like we we see them at the docks we see them at the fishing shop and like they're only we never see them like existing in any place they're not doing fishing Really yeah cool. and and the fishing is good for a few episodes but otherwise like they get caught up on a lot of details about fishing that i liked it i know you yeah, did I, quite, <laughs> I thought you'd like the fishing details you like it when people get they're into not, details they're about not things. well because there's like three it wasn't granular enough for me it either needed to be bigger or smaller it was i don't know and it was it was anti it was anti bow peep well because like okay so the things we learn is how to tie a lure yeah how Pretty to important. how to cast a reel and how to reel someone in and there's like no other like like I want there to be like more like and the rest of it's just like you just have to learn how to be a good fisherman and like mm. get in the head no, of the there's, fish. There's other things to it. It's mostly about the tactics of them like reeling in and like wobbling the weed yeah. or whatever. Like there's not much it, more to fishing than what those three steps anyway. So I don't know what you're really expecting in terms of. Granularity. I mean, I liked I liked it more when they're talking about like the weight the weight of the line and the weight of the and the weight of the rods and the different reels, but they just kind of like. There's a lot of tackle stuff they don't go into. Like I want it to be more I want it to be more mechanical and I wanted them to be like more about like if they were gonna focus on the fishing, I wanted them to be more about like, oh, this rod's good for this and that's this rod's good for that and this rod's good mm. for this. But like the reel's just like the, this is the best reel. And I'm like, oh great. So it's like it's like an RPG. You're just so <laughs> there's the good reel and then there's everything else. There's no like like they and honestly, I like the fact that that Natsuki is the Natsuki, right? Natsuki yeah, is like, like the king of fishing. Prince, and they don't really Prince, ever like Prince, please build that out into anything more than he just like knows a lot about fishing. No, he, he was on the he caught like a big old fish. He's a good fisher. <laughs> a good fisherman. So like, <laughs> I think I've probably got like a weird viewpoint on this because being as a vegetarian watching a film. A series about fishing is a little weird because, like, I watch shows like um, Golden Camaraderie where things are killed in nets, and like, I'm f- fine with the idea of um, doing harm to animals when they're at. Like, fishing, like, to me is like you, you do it because you have to, because you need to eat, because otherwise you're gonna die. Uh, like, fishing as a hobby, it seems like a pretty weird thing because you're sticking hooks in things and you're wriggling around and like well it's also weird because like harus a fish and he's like and he's like fuck yeah hook that fish (laughs) (laughs) hook hook one of me and then he later at the climax becomes the bait 
and shrinks down really small, but doesn't turn into a fish. Am I wrong about that? Well, I mean, I think might, maybe off camera. We don't know. Camp, yeah. <laughs> I thought the weirdest bit was the fact that they wrapped that like fishing rod round his neck. Oh god, that just, made like, me cringe. That actually yeah. made me cringe. Like, <laughs> that's, like, like uh, so, okay, we're, we're getting seeing that we're getting lost in the weeds of just like the weird details neck. of this of this show. Oh um, god, I think I think it, it's too many shows at once, and it it is too many things to the detriment of character development. And at the end, when they expect us to be sad, that Haru has to go and has to sacrifice himself. And then and then he comes back after the credits at the end of the last episode with the guy who nearly destroyed the island with his mind I've, control powers. I'm, I'm not sure that I think it was ever trying to... Well, yeah, okay, it, was tr- it was trying to make us be sad about Haru leaving, but that was before they went out on the boat. And I don't think mm-hmm. after that point ever, it was trying to make us feel sad about Haru. Yeah, I think, I think exactly yeah, that. They, like, it was, it they was took more nostalgic like... Pic- they took a nostalgic picture and they like... Uh, like did a chant of like goodbye. Like there's they a whole should... ritual there. They yeah, want sure, to feel well, connected. That was the fact that they could say goodbye, like the whole yeah, that was a happy the, goodbye, the, not the, a goodbye forever. You dying goodbye. Yeah, you know the what I mean? Sad, the sad goodbye was the fact that Haru couldn't say goodbye to him. But that's still smartsy. That's still going. Oh look, you can have a proper yeah. goodbye now. Isn't everyone happy? Well, because when they, they thought, when they thought he'd left sunset. early, like they couldn't find him, like. He was yeah. like, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't leave without saying goodbye. And I'm like, exactly. I don't give a fuck about this guy. He's so annoying. Now he, he acts like a, he acts like a, t- a magical ten year old child. Uh, he, like without the thing. The thing is, sounds like, like grandma. He, kind of. He kind of is. Dude, you got you got to lay off on grandma. I'm sorry. I hate her. I hate her so much, man. Like, she like, is, fucking ruined she every is scene she was Lum in. Lum Invader's voice. How dare you? I, I like, want her I, to I, die. I, like I wish grandma. she would have like, died from that sickness in episode one. Her, Fuck, her yeah. baffling anime sickness where she just like she's in the hospital for a month and she's like guess what i'm, I'm cured which yeah, is great on, on that respect i i'm glad because usually if you get put in the hospital in anime <laughs> you're never coming out of that <laughs> yeah. hospital like they have this entire <laughs> scene about her giving like yuki this flower and saying you look after it give it as good a life as it can while it lives and like eventually it'll die though and, like, <laughs> like, yeah i mean yeah. she's saying that she's saying that all life is precious but not her life at that point <laughs> i mean that I that goes to like the weird and even characterization in this in this show i think do do we okay can, before we go before we go off her do we actually get any idea of why she seems to have this connection with y- yuki and and like invite because she's a flower duncan do you mean how to flowers <laughs> oh, sorry with 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 Haru, how she has this, this well actually what how she like, doesn't have a connection she's just fucking we, we weird and let this weird kid live with her yeah, yeah because well, she ever, wanted her son her uh, grandson to be more have friends and because he's got yeah. a real problem if if anyone yeah. ever if anyone ever puts him in any remotely stressful situation whatsoever he, he gets freaks a demon out face. <laughs> he freaks out i did the like when the when the boat just... captain was like oh man you're a stonefish and he's like Stonefish. <laughs> stonefish. I love the captain so much. Yeah, such a good. Well, because well, he's, he's super tan and got dyed blonde hair, so he like looks kind of like a like a delinquent or a thug in yeah. anime visual language. Right. But he's just like chilled. He breaks his arm and leg when he's saving he's, the. And he's just rod. so nice to so, everybody. He just question wants of, to be a good guy. Also, that taxi man's friend as well. I like that little, <laughs> that little like. Cool that was guy. my that was my favorite moment in the entire show. Where where. Uh, where he's asking, they've been evacuated. Actually, Haru like sprays him with water and makes him get on a plane so that he and his grandma fly far away. Shut up, John. Uh, and it's a Shinkansen. Whatever. Um, and he, and he uh, comes back on the in the the taxi cab and and he's like, "Why are you coming back here? Isn't like it getting evacuated?" And he's like, "Yeah, I got to save my friend." And the the taxi driver's like, "Ah, yes, I know how that is." And the camera like pans down to like a picture of him with a friend, and it's like. 
he has a friend too. He understands how, fr- <laughs> I know, how friends that are. That was so funny. I, I loved also it. love it was... the idea that that is like, it's what, like a three hour journey and that's the only <laughs> conversation they had and then they're like, I have a friend and then there's just this awkward silence as it's just left hanging. He's like, yep, better get on driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah, I, 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 I really want to know more about the circumstances of production because this is a... Uh, Nakamura, Ken- Nakamura Kenji and Ono Toshia um, have done work before. They worked. They did Gotchaman Crowds and Gotchaman Crowds Insight together. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are both very good. And actually, um, visually, I can see a connection. But I think they're after, aren't they? Gotchaman Crowds is after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, they're way. Uh, and way they it's also the, did it's, the it's new. The, no, it's, it's the next year, John. The next year they do Gotchaman Crowds because that's 2013. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but then uh, Ono Toshia did. Uh, What's a Subite ga F Ninar? Is that the perfect insider? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. So he did the perfect. He wrote. Did the uh, script. The perfect insider. He did the script for Land of Illustrious. Mm-hmm. He did the script for The Promised Neverland. Oh, uh, no. So he's... so he's got like half and half. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he like he's like a good writer and like I don't know why this show is so scattered. It must have just. I, there's just too much stuff here for it to be as i completely agree with you it is very all over the place and i completely understand why that would be off-putting to and, and full and full of good ideas like i was surprised this yeah. time like that that like individual because i think the the part where i was like huh that's a good job is um when when they're trying to figure out why the why the dragon won't take the lure that they got from the shrine and mm. So Yuki has this thing at the end, like every night, and they, they actually do a great job of building this up where he like has this like weird camera, like like frame running thing where he's just like going through everything in his head. And it's a great depiction of anxiety in, in addition to the water filling up. Yeah. He's like, it, there's this like, there's these like running film reels spelling out uh, a summary of like of the day's events or something. Um, and and it's like supposed to be him like running through like all the times that he was an awkward asshole to people, and that's why he's like alone and lonely and awkward. But they're trying to figure out why the why the uh, why the dragon won't take the lure, and the the film reels comes up, and all the all of the scenes passing by are like Haru putting things in his mouth that are red, and he's like, oh, Haru likes red things, and like, oh wow, they actually built up this like revelation as opposed to like in a lot of the the show things are just they just get told that things mm-hmm. are one way or another and this was like good of like oh yuki's anxiety actually like i mean it's not like good like he'll be better off getting that treated with medicine or therapy but like yeah. there's a there's a point to it and there's a point to like haru being weird and always putting shit in his mouth like a fucking dog boy <laughs> i hate horror yeah. so much he's he only I, gets good once he starts having the pathos of being sad or scared also right? his like because then he stops awesome. talking like a dumb baby and starts, <laughs> like reacting like a, a uh, like a person i didn't i don't hate having i i didn't hate him the first time i don't hate him this time i think he's endearing and i also think that like he is an alien that knows nothing and it is kind of annoying for us to like... But Coco's and... so much better. Yeah, his, his yeah. sister's yeah, got you, her shit together. His younger sister, right? see her. Like, she's really not in this anime at all apart from occasionally to just make a couple of dumb fucking But that's jokes. my point. Like, when she is in there, she overshadows him in maturity in every single fucking way. Like, it is insane how much better she is at being a person <laughs> this is uh the, yeah, the director the uh the voice actor for uh coco who does have a, a kansai accent i think right uh, is kato emery and she uh you'll know her as uh saikawa from kobayashi's dragon maid 
Uh, she's um, Kaganui from uh, Medica Box. She's a bunch of. She's like she's a Hiragi from a uh, uh, Kagami from Lucky Star. So she's, she's just like this this completely uninterested expression and just like yeah, just wants to be left alone and just relax. It, and just except except thing. when the uh, she when, also has uh, a great Natsuki's design. little I love sister. Her stupid like lifesaver. Yeah, it's like and her dumb patterned hair. The, the thing I like the best about her is the little sister who's like, I love your style. And she's like, thanks. And then like <laughs> they appear together two episodes later and and the little girl's like, still love your style. And she's like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the little girl who runs away to go to a cafe at the top of the mountain that uh, it's not that, that whole is, that whole arc is bad, Andy. It's a bad is, arc. That is on Enoshima Island. So that like Sky Tree thing, which they call Sky Tree, which isn't Sky Tree. And that's the joke. Uh that is on the Enoshima Island bit itself. And there's like a park there. I don't know. I went there. It was good. Paid for by the Enoshima Tourism Board. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's I mean, other... I, f- I feel very strong that someone went to Enoshima on a vacation and came back. He's yep. like, guys, I got this idea fishing on Enoshima. And they're like, that no, doesn't sound no, interesting. Like, Eno... But what about aliens <laughs> and and a duck organization? No, because Enosh- they would have lived there because Enoshima is like real close to Tokyo. So they would have. Yeah. They would have like they would have lived there because there's also Tari Tari, which is also based in Enoshima, which is also um, bad. I couldn't say. Um, and yeah, it's like bad. sure, uh, they you know it's a it's a straight up like working town. Like everybody just commutes into Tokyo every day, mm-hmm. like from there. So it's probably more that they live there and then they have fondness for it because you know the white bait. It is true to Enoshima, like the white bait bowl. That is a thing. Uh, like what is bait. what is God, white? That bait. sounds disgusting, by the way. It's like, just well, tiny, you're a vegetarian. Tiny fish. <laughs> yeah, they're just tiny, like shrimp, fish, like yeah. fish. But they they and talked they... about like fish ice cream, like oh yeah, God, that's no, why? Nice. But like I think the Enoshimadons are quite nice. I've had one of them, uh, or like what they consider an Enoshimadon, uh, like white fish bowl, and uh, it's which is nice. But I only knew because I was like, oh, I'm in Enoshima. Isn't this where, like, Tsuritama is? And my friend was like, yep, sure is. <laughs> I forgot to say, Kato Emery is Mayoi from uh, Hachikuchi from the Monogatari series. That's her, like, most famous role, I think, probably. Um, and she's great in that, very expressive voice. I think that's, like, what makes us be like, oh, the sister's great when she is, like, on screen for a total of five minutes in the entire mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So. <laughs> a- I just want a show about her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I liked also the sort of the the water talking effect that they did. I thought that was quite neat. Like, I mean, I like the the details about the aliens. Like, once we, they stopped being how coy about how how their alien biology worked. Like, I liked how they like, need to like stay wet, and that's like, also the gif you had Duncan of her just dumping a water bottle on top of herself. So I also really like like I know you're gonna you're talking about like design with no purpose, but I really do quite like the like shamblo like the ramblematic shambles that is the duck organization with like oh, God. I really enjoy them. <laughs> I like the. Uh, I like. The Did fucking... I say Haru is the worst thing in this anime? Because I think the duck organization is actually the worst thing in this anime. Uh, no, because they wear those fucking squeaky ass duck suit <laughs> shoes, and it's the most ridiculous it's, and stupid, it's just, awful it's a, thing. But it made me laugh. It's a four so. episode rubber ducky joke. It's really bad. It, I love and it. It just keeps going. <laughs> so, good. and then also like, there's that one bit when they've all evacuated. 
and then they're like they're looking at the like the the display screen and they're viewing it in a fucking old games arcade cabinet that you have like a top down one i thought that was really funny like the way that they just have like full of they're part like a fucking like japanese uh like kokoichi band sort of like restaurant chain like branding and then part like yeah duck curry which duck, is their cover <laughs> which sounds gross but i love the fact that they like i don't understand how they're an evil they're like an alien organization that everybody knows and they also do a duck curry like joint that everybody wants to eat because i have this which is close all the time for some weird reason yeah i have this vision in my head that every time they are talking like when it cut, it has an exterior shot of the duck curry place, and then it cuts into them talking to the duck headquarters. I have this in like this head that in my mind that everybody outside can hear them talk, and can <laughs> hear them have this dumb conversation, and do their and, and do their weird like where it's like duck, <laughs> duck. <laughs> oh, it's so bad! It's so bad! It. It's so I precious it. and dumb. It's so like it's so like Carmen Rider like stupid organization that is kind of cheesy and weird and i really love the i love their design i really genuinely love the duck organization i think they're fun especially their headquarters which looks like a fucking like ex- oh, there's there's some weird like piece no i think that there's there's some weird like south asian stuff there with like a lot of them wearing turbans and they do curry and they've got like a fucking harem room for their command center it's weird. <laughs> i don't know i yeah, it's weird I don't. I, see, I, I can't. I can't believe that the design is completely in good faith. Tears of cushioned thrones. It's a bit weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, a, uh, I just viewed it as sort of like the Power Rangers, uh, like like headquarter room, like that sort of thing. Not like anything, anything like a harbor room. I didn't get that impression at all. No, but. they're like they have like these like these low couches that they're all lounging on. It's not a. It's not a control room it's like a yeah there could be <laughs> a, there could like, be a there could be a hooker there and you wouldn't even like blink an eye there uh, might yeah, be one I, yeah I, but i i just find them so enjoyably like mediocre I does that extend to the character of akira and tapioca his incredibly smart duck i love tapioca <laughs> i like i think it's funny how akira comes in is better be like a Men have come in as like a high school student. They yeah, really he's twenty five. But he says he's twenty five. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm largely indifferent to the duck organization, but I love Akira. He's fucking good. I love when he uh, and tapioca he... and tapioca. I don't care about tapioca. When he does the when he does like the martial arts and beats up a bunch of duck people, he goes yoga. Which is... <laughs> and when he's Pretty... fishing, he goes he goes fish fish fish. fish, fish. fish. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But uh, there is a point where the captain's like, Indian, what are you doing in here? Take off your turban when you're inside. It was pretty... Uh... Yeah, that was like... A pretty... <laughs> that was awkward. I laughed. It was awkward. It was probably not good. Okay, Duncan, you've been kind of quiet and you just like just finished the show. What are your feelings that haven't been covered and trampled on the ground like how bad Haru is? I like Grandma uh, enough that I st- started thinking, oh, maybe she's like the, the MacGuffin because like nothing... She's brought up, she's introduced, she's given like the slightly slightly weird, weird mannerisms and like you think, okay, Ugh. it's like this Chekhov's grandma, like she's introduced and what 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 are you gonna do with this story element? Answer? Nothing. No. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean thought, she could not she could not be in the show and it would nothing would change. But it's like, yeah, she's she's brought up the sort of like give her anime sickness and like it's okay be worried we care care about her and then okay no we're not going to talk about her for about another seven episodes i don't really think she like 
does anything other than be sick and make uh, Yuki sad. She doesn't do anything. I don't even think she... It doesn't even feel like she's foreshadowed to do anything to me other than maybe die, which obviously there's no payoff with the sickness. But beyond that, she's just kind of there the whole time. Like, uh, my, 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 like, oh, would that be something which would actually give some significance to her? Was like, well, like, they have this myth that, like, some, someone actually, like, dealt with the, the dragon the first time around. And I thought, like, her design's, like, weirdly similar to Haru's. And I wondered, like, oh, is it going to turn out, like, oh, she, she's actually, like, an alien has, who's gone there and mm. lived there for like 50 years or so and that's her connection and like no it's just, just I'm really the... glad that wasn't the case because that would have felt lame I mean there is a bit of a payoff where it looked like I would have done something her. with her at least right. <laughs> there is I mean there is a bit of a payoff where it looked like where it looked like Harry killed the grandma like it's not. Oh, like... that was that was so just like dumb yeah. emotion baiting though. That was that was probably the show's lowest point in terms of just being manipulative. Ugh, because he shoots her with the with the squirt gun and then I guess tells her like lay her on her face on the floor. <laughs> like why is she laying on the floor on her face? And there's no point into it either because like five minutes later when he wakes up from his his squirt gun induced uh, hypnosis, she's there next to him. So it's like who was but... that for the benefit for? No one. It didn't. Didn't ben, fool him and look, it didn't fool us. Nobody has, not everybody has somebody. Everybody has to die in order to make it a, like an endearing plot point or story. Well, then, well, tell, tell that, that to them. Do, tell that to them. <laughs> she just has to do something. It's like she they introduce her, give her a lot of screen time, and then don't do anything with her. I mean, she's the grandma. That's what she does. She's the reason who. She's the reason that like Yuki's not like get the fuck out of my life, Haru. But right. isn't it? Isn't it kind of the point? Like. You, you, what you've just said, like she's introduced, she's given a lot of screen time, then she fucks off. Isn't that kind of the point of like, uh, how, uh, how, not, not how, who's the fucking ginger kid called Godman? Mind Yuki. Yuki. Isn't that sort of because like the his whole hair point, is red? The whole point of his character arc is that like he is a loner, he is alone, and then he finds friends, he finds a group of people he like who like him, and then. You know, as teenagers do, like the immediate family kind of get phased out for a bit as the sort of the friends that they make. If you're saying like this is flying the nest as a metaphor, Andy, like yeah. why do they need to give her animeitis then? Like this, well, if, just if, so if that she... she's gone, so that she's, <laughs> she's not she's not a depend no, so that it's not a dependency on Yuki all the time. Like it's possibly also so that they have an excuse to go get a big fucking tuna and they're therefore yeah. come into contact with the dragon by <laughs> going out to the weird the massive bait ball, which is what Suritama means. It's like the the ship the the sphere of fish that forms right um, when small schoolers are getting attacked but like Um, i mean in a show that's so that is so desperate for air like the amount of time that we spend on grandma sickness and natsuki family problems is inexcusable to me Uh, that's just that's like like those are the first two things i'd cut if i was reading a draft of the script of like these don't we get to we get to know we get to know there's there's how about more of yuki being you know yuki and growing show yeah. more of that on screen instead of having it all off screen hmm. i don't know i i liked i liked those two parts personally i liked it i still liked this show a lot i think it was i mean i liked it more than i than i did before i like i just think that it it is it is a script that needs another draft and needs some stuff needs some stuff cut so it can focus on yuki's anxiety haru's like uh. reasons for being on earth 
like I also give still us like it a lot, but definitely those two parts feel incredibly shallow. Natsuki's family business and the sickness, like they they don't serve a purpose other than to be a plot device. Basically, it feels like maybe there's originally they were going to do something deeper with with his his family because like the, the, there's this subplot of oh she's run away is she like the dragon's first victim because he like always lures a young maiden out to sea first yeah. and then, no no she's not. <laughs> It also uh, feels um, like maybe they, they had uh, plans for a longer season. Like, yeah, too that's core. what I think so, too. Speaking of things not paying off, you talk about Grandma, but let's talk about that, that girl, the, the Shrine Maiden. She's introduced, like, she's the first one who reacts to, to Yuki in the school, oh, and she's yeah. like, oh, this guy's oh, yeah. so weird and funny. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? And then he freaks out. I mean, out. She's, she's his reward for getting over his anxiety. But but that's not even, like, what happens. No, it is, because like, when he's like, when he's like really? oh, I've gotten really? better. That's how you view it? <laughs> Yeah, not the fact that she's he's now found a hobby and something that he a passion that he previously didn't have. Uh, well, because he, he's like, because he's like, I've grown a lot, and he and it's he when he's saying that he's talking to this girl that he was previously like, oh shit, I can't like talk the way to they her. F- they frame. But that's like, they... but she's like nothing in the show. She shows up and she helps uh, the uh, Akito yeah. talk to her dad or grandpa, sorry, and then she comes back at the very end again. You see her periodically throughout the show, but she doesn't do anything. Yeah, but yeah, also but... she's not like it's not like there was ever a point where he was like, "Oh, I can't talk to her because she's a woman, and I find her attractive." It's just, "Oh, I'm, okay. like I got into an emotion like this sort of scenario, which I find yeah. incredibly like, embarrassing." And I no matter who she's... it would have yeah. been, I wouldn't have been able to talk to them. Like... So, but it, but but they chose okay. to make it an attractive woman. So, but she's not even a character. That's my point. Like yeah. she, she she has no payoff. She's not anything other no, than. She delivering information to akira it doesn't matter if she shows up at the end and at the beginning she's like this weird sort of fucking cap but she's not but they use that it's like you say as you say she's like at the she's like the start and the end like you you have the exact but she's same the start and end play out she's a, have... she's a nothing though for the start and the end she is yeah, nothing her, yuki's reaction to no sorry Ugh, done it we keep doing this uh, Haru Yuki Natsuki's reaction to Yuki in the first first scene, like when he he comes and sits next to him and looks at him and he completely freaks out and the water rises, etc. And like that's like this is the, his problem. And at the end, and when the the new transfer student comes in, comes down, sits next to him, he just turns to him and starts talking to him. And like this is like, okay, oh, he look, he's strange. And then he changes and looks. Look, it's not a new transfer looked... student it's the alien yes i know <laughs> that's the, the point but it's still the same setup each time it's, he's still sitting in class a new student arrives he sits okay. down next to him no i mean I think, I think that's a fine arc i just don't know why the girl has to be involved exactly in that arc. thank you she's completely she's a nothing element but they do use her that's the, that's the point that they that's... don't no they, they already had the payoff with him talking to the new transfer student yeah. like him him looking at the girl and being like and you yeah, too it's babe. pointless but they do it <laughs> like john I th- is john John, John, wait a sec, John. Uh, John, are you saying that, that you don't think they're doing that, that they're trying to use her as a payoff, or you don't think that it works? I'm saying that, yeah, it doesn't fucking work. She's okay, a nothing Okay, I thought you were saying it didn't happen. Okay. No, <laughs> no I said, I, okay. <laughs> How about that music, though? Yeah, the music. I, I hate the bad, like, the, like this, the usual like the like the main theme i guess it is it sounds like some shitty recorder girl from no i love i love like the crappy melodica yeah 
I liked it. I like every time the like the bits those bits kicked in. I found myself humming along to it. I, yeah, I, I learned, I learned to zo- to drone it out. I just I did not. No, it 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 matched really well with the with the incredibly bright, vivid visuals. Which I think I've said this before, but like you can tell that this is one of that this is from the era when they were really getting into digitally produced HD uh, series, and it's just like everything. Like the backgrounds are so detailed. Like at one point, they're talking in front of the garden and like they've modeled the individual leaves in the ivy as opposed to just like drawing a green mass with a couple of squiggles in it and like everything's so detailed everything's so bright and colorful and i really uh, like the water the way yeah. it's fucking drawn it's so good and and the sky sometimes looks like water and yeah. it mishes mishes together really well i like mm-hmm. it a lot it reminds yeah. me a lot of sort of like the stills of um eccentric family as well yeah i got yeah, yeah. Got very, which is funny because they're they very similar they have no like, DNA between them, which is yeah, interesting. I, 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 I was, I was there tracking through, seeing like if there was anything like similar, because they, they both have this this style, which is almost like, it's like a a more detailed version of a Photoshop filter, almost mm-hmm. like yeah. where it's, uh, is it point? I can't remember. Post- posterize. Yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Where it looks for shapes and tries to create them out of photos and like. It felt like it was like a artisanal version of that almost, where someone's actually done that process by hand rather than by algorithm. Right. Yeah. And 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 briefly, especially during the the te- when he's learning how to cast, which I think is probably the best part of the procedurals when he has to get in the bucket and he's like slowly mm-hmm. learning tricks and making mistakes that give him <laughs> breakthroughs. Like that's what I wanted more of. It's just more of like not being told what to do and then doing it, but like figuring out fishing on his own based on the example of someone better. But they do like a kind of almost like masaki yusa yuasa type thing when he's like casting where it's like it's all really angular and kind of yeah uh, and abstract like stretch and yeah sort of don't. and then there's also the fun tackle point of view shot which yeah. i quite like uh, <laughs> I, I actually thought that there were yeah a lot of interesting directional shots in that as well but then i also think that he did sort of discover his own way of tackling it because he caught a fish that literally no one's ever caught before and he was then like at the very end, I think he did discover his own way of fishing, as it were. Can I can I just ask real ask real quick, and then we'll go to to do your thing, Duncan. Um, so uh, Haru picked Yuki because he said it had to be Yuki, but then we find out later that Haru just likes red things. So is the reason he picked Yuki <laughs> just because he likes because he likes yep, red probably. hair? Like, because yeah. <laughs> after after the flashback uh he's like har likes red things and like and haru's in the back and like yes i like you yuki your hair's red <laughs> it's just like <laughs> oh it, it wasn't that he like had secretly had the potential or anything it was completely just like meaningless cosmic noise of just like yeah. <laughs> al- this alien likes red things and he has red hair and I turns red and he's red. yeah red oni stonefish uh, yeah. I actually did hate the, the the face he's turning red. Like I really liked the the the, the water rising. I liked, uh, but the the way I his face, face goes like. I love that hilarious fucking face. I mean, so I, I liked yeah, it, but I didn't good. like the joke they made every single time of like everyone thinks he's mad and not like having a panic attack, which I think like, yeah. I, I like one or, just... once or twice with every single person. I think only the uh, only the captain like figures it out the first time that he's not. That he's not like pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they they show That's the, why the, the rising the waters. <laughs> he also like got the, the best wa- ending. He got he got married to no because he's because apparently the uh, <laughs> Natsuki's older sister turns into a shrew when they get married, <laughs> and he tells the incredibly fat cat not to get married because of uh, it. I love, I love that cat. 
Cat. <laughs> Especially Sorry, get a shot joking. mascot. Get a di- directorial shot of just its balls in your face. Yeah, that yeah. did happen. Yeah, I, I love it. Anyway, anyway, sorry, you were saying the angry face is like how someone externally views someone and being like anxious and closing themselves off, whereas the rising water is like in, in how it feels yeah. internally. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like they use the external shot far more than they use the experiential one. And like, I think that the best anime about anxiety often deal with it in a way that you understand what someone's going through and you like emphasize with how horrific that moment must feel to them. And I, I would don't say think that this did for me, at least I would say that by the point where they stop using the water, they have cemented it into your mind that that's what's happening. And so at that point, you have become part of the audience and not part of him. Yeah, but I think the but thing like, is... But is they, that... they, go through the, they go through the drowning in water thing a lot before they drop it. And they even bring it back a couple times later. I just think but... they, they could have dropped the red face and you would have lost nothing. Apart from well, but... a pun at his expense. The red face also like shows that he's still having these problems and other people are seeing them and reacting to him. Yeah. And it happens less and less and less as the series goes on. And that's to show that... He's getting better, and other people are no longer freaking out. That he's freaking out, and all that shit. Yeah, know. my my feeling was that was that like if it's just him freaking out, and then people like because people act cold to him when he when he has these panic attacks, and I think that without some sort of externalized sign, that granted, I think is a bit over exaggerated and yeah, kind sure. of silly looking. Um, but I think that they have to show like why people aren't being nice to him when he's clearly freaking out because he clearly had like especially the first three episodes like he. He has a like two or three breakdowns every single episode from very small mm. interactions, mm-hmm. and if it was just like him getting drowning in water, you wouldn't you wouldn't sympathize with people's reactions because you'd be like, why aren't they helping him? He's drowning. But instead, if he just looks like a scary uh, a scary, uh, I think they call it it's the like lady red oni is the the. Uh, yeah the kabuki term that they that one person calls his face like that shows like he's scary to other people he's drowning on the inside but he's scary to other people and i think that's actually fairly effectively conveyed i think in the show's visual language mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah there's the one the one last thing which was like in a weird way i thought i i realized that as, as i was watching the end of this that, that this whole show weirdly mirrors like the the arc of jaws <laughs> like, goes goes out to live on a small island sort of like for, to, to begin with it's about him integrating into the community and getting to know people then it's it's like a procedural of him learning how to hu- uh, go out fish and hunt and then you end up with a giant monster f- a fight at the end so yeah Jaws the anime I don't cool. know if Good. I've watched Jaws but with a happy oh god damn it Andy not again we're back to this Andy hasn't watched anything yeah okay well that's a sign uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Search for us on Facebook at KeyframesPodcast. Email us questions, KeyframesPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, tell a friend. Yeah, do that. One, one, one that you go fishing with. Or if they if they don't know fishing, then you should teach them how to go fish. Go fishing and play this podcast while you fish <laughs> on the speakers. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.